0: Now, introducing the man who insists things would have been different had he been catching instead of Pedro Severino saying, quote, all those years of coaches calling me stationary, immovable, or boxy have to be worth something. I'll throw my body in the way of just about any kind of ball on my knees, unquote. While it was an enjoyable day for Orioles fans everywhere, he was thankful that it came against a team like Seattle that has had such a neutral past when it comes to Baltimore and that has never made a regrettable trade in their franchise history. He is Glenn Clark.
1: Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Kyle Ottenheimer. We are with you here on a Thursday edition of GCR. And yes, uh, the first time we ever get to do this, we ever get to talk about a no-hitter thrown by the Baltimore Orioles on this program, which is pretty freaking cool. And we'll be doing plenty of that through the course of the morning. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. I am Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of Windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. It's insane. 50% off all styles of Windows. No money down. No payments. No interest. 24 months. That's insane. nation 90 nation com. Tell him Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. We're not going to waste any time joining us right out of the shoot this morning to reflect on what yesterday was. was the man who threw the the last complete game no-hitter in Orioles history, unbelievably 52 years ago, which is incredible because he still looks like he's 40. He is, of course, the Hall of Famer, Jim Palmer, and he's with us right here at the top. Jim, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you for taking some time for us on what's a very special morning here in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, I mean uh – you know, I know it's an off day for the Oreos, so I'm sure John John may, I don't think he will probably go to the ballpark today, but, I mean, it's a great time for reflection. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Tyler Kepner of the, uh, of the New York Times, you know, who does most of their baseball writing, and I, I was saying, you know, what, what I think is great, and you know, Tyler doesn't play golf, but if, you, if you're if you a golfer, if you play golf and you ever have a hole in one, I mean, normally, if, if, you know, and I was a you know, low-handicap golfer, you know, you get to a par three, you just, okay, I'm going to hit it on the green. I'm going to hopefully make the putt if I hit it close enough, or maybe I'll make a long putt or whatever. And then you get a hole-in-one. You know, mine first was Jeb Bush and two Secret Service guys in South Miami. How
0: about that? And from then
2: on, and of course, you know, Jeb says, did you ever have a hole-in-one? I said, no. He said, well, you just did. And the two guys with the UZIs, you know, in the back of the golf cart go, yep, went in. So that was my first hole-in-one. So you, but every time you play a par three from then on, when you tee the ball up, you think, you know, where you were never in terms of other than just, Hey, I'm going to hit the green. I don't want to hit the water. Don't hit in the bunker, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you realize that you have the chance to make a hole in one. Well, you know, I look at starting pitching a little bit that way too. I mean, maybe not a no hitter, but complete games. So hopefully this is a step forward. You know, John had never pitched a one hitter or two hitter, three hitter, four hitter because he's never pitched a complete game. So he's certainly capable of doing that. I, I believe when you look at, you know, the D.L. Halls and the Grayson Rodriguez's and the Michael Baumans and maybe the Dean Kramer's, Keegan Aiken's, you know, Zach Lowther's, all these guys coming up through the organization, that if you're going to win, you better have good pitching, and it looks like they have a lot of really good arms. So with that in mind, I mean, that could end up being their strength and, and you know, the The symphony leader might be John Means because he's been that special.
1: Jim, are you saying that after you threw it in 69, you went to the mound, you know, like every time for the rest of your career, thinking that you could put together a performance like that? No, I mean, uh, no, but I think, see, back then you used to think about complete games. Sure. You didn't have a choice.
2: You know, so I don't think, I mean, there's been, what, 902 baseball games and 17 complete games this year. Pitchers don't think of, you know, the infinite um, possibility whether it's a no-hitter, complete game, hey, you know, I'm going to give the bullpen a day off. You know what? Yeah, go out there, you know, take your chewing gum, take whatever, you know, the sunflower seeds. Go out there, have a nice day, tell some jokes, and, uh, you know, see you back in the clubhouse. So I'm just hoping that because it does look like they have a lot of good arms in the organization. And, you know, it, 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 they, you know, they, they, I mean, Adelaide Rushman is going to be here. Uh, he probably blocks the ball that got by Severino yesterday because that was just a curveball that should have been blocked, but it wasn't. Um, you you move on, and you know they, they obviously they they have signed some high draft choices that are offensively supposed to be good players, but I think the core that you see, and they're actually you know Dan Duquette guys, they're going to be pretty good, and they need to get them to the big leagues. They need to have somebody that's the ace of the staff, and if you look at the numbers. I mean, if you really go back and look to, what I think, early September last year, John Means is, I mean, he's been about as good as you can be. Um, you know, maybe doesn't throw 101 like Jake, Jake uh, Jacob uh, DeGrom with the Mets, but he's certainly as good as any starting pitcher in baseball.
1: Yeah, the numbers bear that out. He has been unbelievable. Jim Palmer's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jim, I think what his story makes this so much more special, right? And and you've, you've watched John. I know you haven't been able to be up close the same way over the last year or so, but what he's been through with, with losing his father and his family's trials. Can can you put into words what it meant to you to see him have a moment like this after everything that he's been through?
2: Well, see, I played for Cal Ripken Sr. And, you know, when I played in Aberdeen, we had a meeting opening day. I mean, it was like 38 degrees and fans weren't out there. And, he, you know, he looked at the empty stadiums. He said, the reason we come out here and try, you know, try to outwork everybody and get a little bit better every day and have fun, which is winning. And, you know, um, uh, don't take, you know, the, probably the most important thing I can tell you, there are no such things as shortcuts. And the only reason we're really out here is because the people that come to see us play is, you know, it still holds true. And John Means, you know, I'm not sitting in his locker like, you know, you said you can't do it anymore, but, you know, I'm sitting, in, you know, next to his locker in 2019. And, you know, he's having, I mean, it's probably a month after he had that outstanding relief report, uh, performance up in New York where he just, you know, completely dominated the Yankees mm-hmm. other than what I think a solo home run by
3: yep.
2: by Sanchez and um he said, you know, it's it, it's kind of it was kind of comfortable being the 11th round draft choice and flying under the radar and you know, and that's one thing to be said, but the other thing is that you know, this is the same kid that went, you know, you know, left his family and left, you know, went, went off to St. Louis and did the throwing program when, when you know, he wanted to get better. You know, Chris Holt, who is now the pitching coach, it's not that Doug Brokale didn't do a great job last year, because he did, you know, because the team ERA went down to run a game. But, you know, Mike Elias's guy is Chris Holt out of the Houston organization, taught him the changeup. You know, the spring of 2019 gave him another pitch that looks exactly like his fastball. And, you know, then he's worked on his curveball and his slider. So he's a four-pitch pitcher that's totally unpredictable. You don't know what's coming. You can't pick up the changeup even if you're looking for it. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. But, it's you know, it's not as simple as that, as we all know. You know, he works at his craft. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is if you look at his his demeanor, I I don't – if you're any good at anything, you don't like to fail. And hmm. you know what, if you do, you figure out a way to get it, make it better. And I think that's kind of uh, exemplifies
1: John Means. C- can you describe, Jim, for us what those final few outs of a no-hitter are like? We you know, we saw Messina come so close on so many occasions, but just he couldn't get the final out, right? Sandy Alomar got him the one time. What What is the feeling like? And, and you obviously pitched in even high le- more high leverage situations in the postseason, but with everything knowing the history at stake, what is it like to be trying to get the final outs of a no hitter?
2: Well, probably a little more comfortable in my era because you, you know, you pitched in the eighth and ninth inning all the time. I mean, people, you know, the modern day pitcher, the majority of them don't know what it's like to pitch in the ninth inning. You know, you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta work a little harder in my lower body. I mean, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Well, unless you never do it, you realize that's not what you do. You slow your body up your lower body down and you speed up your arm because your lower body's probably a bit fatigued. You know, it doesn't mean you don't train for it. It's just, so I think the first thing is, okay, I have a no hitter going. Uh, I need six more outs, you know, we're going into the eighth inning. Jeez. What's it like to pitch in the eighth inning? I don't think John means to pitch in the eighth inning for you. Yeah. So, okay. So now he's in the eighth inning and then, okay, I get through the eighth inning. Now I got to sit there. You know, they always talk about, you know, getting, spring training and said, well, you know, you got to, you know, you got to, you know, you got to get used to sitting down between innings and all that. Well, that's true, but we never thought of that. I mean, it's not something you dwell on. I mean, it's almost, you know, the build-up and, you know, they have all these terms now. And, you know, the thing is you go to spring training to get in shape. So John means gets himself in shape. Um You know, I mean, I saw him, you know, I watching the last couple of innings yesterday, because I was out, you know, watching on my phone. And then, and then I got home, and you know, I turned it on, and you know, he's, you know, people were talking to him, so he's loose. Uh, you know, either you get the no hitter, you don't. Um, I mean, it's you know, again, you don't get that opportunity where you get into the ninth inning, you know, against a Seattle ball club that, you know, it's not the greatest offense. They they hit sure. home runs and they hit well with runners in scoring position. So, you know, you're you're in a position where, and you know, the the other interesting thing about it is when he pitched against them in the doubleheader. He actually gave up a couple of early runs, solo home runs, and then he shut him down. So he made an adjustment in about the third inning uh, back in Baltimore. So, you know, here he is now. Um, but you, you know, you do all the things you normally do, which is relax. You know, the ball still has to come out on your fingertips. Um, you know, you can't try any, try, you know, we used to always have that, that saying, Mike Flanagan talked about it sometimes, you know, uh, you know, less is more. And you uh, you just go out and. You, you know, again, I mean, it wasn't like trying to get the Red, Red Sox out of the, out of the ninth in Fenway. But, you know, he made some great pitches in the ninth inning. Uh, you know, the line drive was off the end of the bat. Crawford actually had a pretty good at bat, but lined it right to shortstop. And um, there you go, no hitter. But yeah. I, I still think the infinite possibilities now, if, if, if you're an Orioles starting pitcher, I mean, if you're Dean Kramer, you think you're not watching, hey, hmm. hey the guy pitched a no hitter, he pitched into the ninth inning. So you then, know what? that's going to be a goal before the year's over. So hopefully that'll, it'll be contagious.
0: You talked about how I mean he hasn't pitched in the eighth inning much, if at all, in his never, career. yeah, and in
1: major leagues, never.
0: And you mentioned how the pitch selection, the four pitch pitcher, right? But he mentioned after the game that he wasn't really that confident in his changeup until very late in the game. It's a testament to his other three pitches, of course. But do you think that maybe that could have helped him put the wraps? on this is hiding away almost his best pitch until the very end against a lineup like this well I'm not sure he did that on purpose but (laughs) uh, you know I always thought of curveballs you know field
2: pitch obviously for him maybe his changeup is um but it you know again like I said I mean I'm 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 out with my stepson you know uh, Spencer and uh you know we come back and I see no hitter I thought they got a hit in the eighth inning so I come back and I turn the game on and the changeups look pretty good <laughs> to me, <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, and this is what John Means does, so he's very adept at doing that. Uh, you know, like Brandon Hyde said, you know, he he can you know he can pitch high. You know, spin rate is something I think we all knew about it. I mean It wasn't you know a um, uh, you know it wasn't a verbal thing where hey you know throw that four seam high spin rate fastball. If you backspin the fat high the four seam fastball, it you know if you're a co-factor myself or you know Nolan Ryan, a lot of the guys. You know that's what the ball did. So you kind of knew that. Now of course they do the studies, and it's like they found gold. You know we have another uh, gold strike. You know in Major League <laughs> Baseball. So I think we all knew that it was a very effective pitch. I used to ask Ellerai Penrice, who caught my no hitter, and I said, "How do I get him out?" He said, "They think they can hit that high fastball, and they can't, and they don't see it very well." And I think John Means has a lot of that. You know he stays closed. Uh, his windup is so much better. You know, he had some shoulder problems a little bit last year, just, you know, nothing major, just would maybe go in the IL Of course, he had a lot of stuff going on with the passing of his dad and, you know, the pandemic, and then a couple of times in 2019. So I just think, you know, he's a much more complete pitcher, much more confident pitcher. Um, the Orioles think that when he pitches, they're going to win, and, you know, they don't need a lot of offense, which, you know, they're not a great offensive ball club to this point. Certainly have room to get better. You know, and, and you know when they need to start winning at home. Four and ten is not gonna. You know they're so much better on the road. They score more runs. They pitch better. ERA is a little over five runs a game at Camden yard. So, hopefully, this is something. I mean, doesn't get any easier when I think the Red Sox are coming into town. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, maybe it's a starting point where they'll start playing better at home, and you know the weather will get warmer and. Or maybe you just move moved the fences back like they did for Mike Messina at Camping Yards. That's just another thought, too. I'll uh, throw
1: that out there. I, I mean, I, before I let you go, Jim Palmer, I like that thought, by the way. Uh, before I let you go... Not a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's an awkward part of this, right? Which is the Orioles are in the midst of a rebuild, and there's this question that lingers, that John Means has been so good that... You know, might he never have the trade value that he's got right now? And then there's society that says, why would you trade away a guy that's this good and could be helpful for you for so many years to come? You know, like, what, how do you have that conversation? And I know it's it's awkward to have the morning after a no-hitter because we just want to revel in, in this magical moment in Orioles history. But how do you approach the John Means situation if you're the Baltimore Orioles?
2: Well, that's their decision. <laughs> I mean, you know, why do you want to trade uh – you know, Santander, I've I heard his name come up. You know, he was their best – I mean, Trey Mancini missed last year. So he was their best offensive player. And then you're going to trade him when he's making, what, $2 million? Yeah. So that's that's something for – you know, that's for Michael Elias and ownership and, you know, whatever. I mean, if you um, – well, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> you I know, understand. Because I've played with a lot of great players. That's something they have to decide. I mean, he w- w- certainly has value. Um, and then who you getting, you know, are you just going to get some people that you hope become John means, or are you going to get somebody that's the real deal? He's the real deal. And I'll leave it at that.
1: I appreciate that, Jim. Jim Palmer, when are we seeing you back on the broadcasts?
2: Uh, tw- uh, the Nats. 20 okay. First. So, ben so. has got all the college games, so I'll, uh- I'll be doing like 40 days and 40 nights.
1: Man, and we and we are yes. so lucky. We're so lucky to get oh, that I opportunity. Know about that, oh, I don't that. Does a great job. So. I agree with that, but we, uh, we love having you back in our lives when we get those okay. opportunities. Well, thank you. Appreciate Jim Palmer, that. thank you so much for taking okay. a couple of minutes Take for care. us this morning. Okay. The Hall of Famer, Jim Palmer, greatest pitcher in Orioles history, joining us and the man who had last thrown a complete game no-hitter in Orioles history. Checking in with us on GCR. Speaking of which, Ben McDonald's scheduled to join us here in just a couple minutes. I, I just want to get a couple thoughts out really quickly. We got to think tank up. I want to know where yesterday is on your list of moments um, as Orioles fans. Like where, where, how it, you know, compares to other things you got to experience. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of people in our audience that, unfortunately, 1983 was either before them or they were too young for it to mean the same thing that it means to people of a certain age. And so there's a lot of post-1983, and I'll admit, I was a month old. I mean, maybe, I guess, two months old. I was two months old. So it doesn't mean anything to me, 83. 89 is the first memory that I have. And so it's on my, like, and the problem is it's not a moment specifically in 89, right? There's the final weekend and what could have been and it was the first time I fell in love with the Orioles as a child. Like, I was extremely young. But I don't have the moment that stands out because, of course, they they didn't win, right? They ended up losing that final weekend and, and not making the playoffs. So there's nothing to me that can touch 21-31. And I compare it to, like, the UMBC thing. Nobody else has a 21-31. Everybody else has a playoff win. Everybody else has... I mean, basically everybody else has no hitters. Basically everybody else has magical things. But nobody else has that. And so it's untouchable to me for those reasons. A lot of teams win national championships in college basketball. Nobody else got to be the first team to be a 16 that beat a 1. You're in a class by yourself. So there's no comparison to me for anything in terms of twenty-one thirty-one. But all the other stuff that people are bringing up, and we'll go through some of your lists as the morning goes on. Delman Young, of course, has come up a ton. Um, A couple of people have done, I, it's so embarrassing, a couple of people have thrown Robert Andino in there, I get it, it was neat, it's so sad that that's something that we talk about, it's just so sad. There's something that's on my list that nobody else has put on their y- list yet, and I'm a, I'm a little surprised by it, but only a little, because it's unique, and when I was thinking about this topic last night, it was something that genuinely meant a lot to me. In part because of the moment, in larger part because of what the moment represented. We'll talk about that as the morning goes on. I want you to get me yours. It doesn't have to be a top 10 or a top, however many you want to list. Where is yesterday on your list of moments in your life as an Orioles fan? Chris got in and said, look, I got to be honest with you. I was at working yesterday. I didn't even know what was going on. Same with me. I'm
0: dead serious. My brother called me the moment it ended. You didn't wait, wait. You didn't get to see. I didn't have to have any idea. Wow! My brother called me the moment it ended, and he said, "John Means just almost threw a perfect game." I was like, "What?"
1: Wow! I was out rough. of the house. I mean, I get being I was, out of the house. I just thought you would get like a push notification or something. Would have that thought would... maybe
0: somebody would say, "Hey, dude, you might want to turn the Orioles game on." Yeah, I mean, and like I was like, you didn't have to say.
1: Oh, what was what going was on? This, if you were what afraid, you were going to happen. If i had known that, I would have sent you. Me- I assumed that you had push notification. No. This is on me for assuming that you would have been so. You know, I was like, "What the actual
0: f?" Like, I was like, first of all, by the well, way, it's the Mariners." So, like, right. Sure. Yes. It's possible. Yes.
1: Absolutely. The the team to try to do something sure. like this again. But
0: you know, would have loved to have.
1: I, there's there's so many there's so many emotions that ran through my head. A lot of them are related to John Means and 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 him talking about his dad afterwards. Just it broke me, man. I mean, yeah. It broke me. I, I can't even like I at that so. So, and God bless Masson for finally figuring out streaming this year, because it allowed me to go from, I I was able to sit in I this studio. I don't think I would have been able to watch it. Studio. Part of the
0: reason I wasn't that upset is because out of the house, yeah, I don't think I could have watched it. I don't think they've added.
1: Oh, the cable that you have. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the only benefit having a satellite. Have, I
0: would have stopped. I would have ran to a yeah, I would have gone to a bar right. or whatever. You know. So
1: I went from here to the gym. I watched part of the. I watched. I almost watched the final out completely naked, which would have been a really
0: cool thing. What, I think you're probably yeah, not alone I, there. There's right? probably some gentlemen in there who
1: did. <laughs> no doubt. I um I ended up. I mean, I'm watching on my phone the entire way. It was it was awesome and. Um, I sat in the car until the moment that it ended. I had to be over at Stevenson to do a lacrosse game last night, so I'm watching it in the car as the final out's recorded, and then I book it over to Stevenson. And so I'm listening to the radio broadcast, and I hear um, John Means talking about his dad, and it just, it just, it just wrecked me. So the John Means part of it makes it a magical story, and then for me, it's the, it's I, as a child. When you're in that, that fervent part of your fandom, I spent so many nights convincing my dad to let me stay up because Mike Messina was working on a no-hitter, and obviously most famously the one he took eight and two-thirds innings against the Indians. But there were more than that. There were times where he got into the eighth inning working on a no-hitter, and, I mean, I was dripping. As a child, it means so much to you. And you're so brokenhearted that you didn't get to experience it. Mean, even if it's not your team. and it's, it's, If you happen to be watching a game. Well, I mean, and right. And I was watching when Hideo Nomo no-hit right. the Orioles. But I'm and saying, I was watching,
0: like, if it's just insert random two baseball teams here, you Yeah, but in, it doesn't mean as much. Like, Mike Messina, and, much, and particularly because it was Messina and because it was great. And, no
1: and, I, and I mean this in all due respect. I'm really glad that it was John Means and not Matt Harvey. And I don't mean that with disrespect to Matt Harvey, right? Sure. I mean that in the, it can't possibly mean as much when you're talking about no offense a mercenary when you're talking about someone that you just don't identify with in the same way but you you're we feel something for john means it was the no hitter but it was the celebration of the man as well mobile one full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life visit your local jiffy loop service center ask for mobile one joined now by the man who was on the call from Masson yesterday always a pleasure to welcome ben mcdonald back into the program Ben, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you, man. How much fun was that for you and Scott yesterday?
3: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, for me and I know for John Means it still hadn't really sunk in what what we saw yesterday, right? I mean it's uh, it's one of those things and uh golly, just a just a special moment, you know, and and to have an opportunity to call it and I'm so happy for John Means. He's a great guy. He's been through so much, uh so happy for the city of Baltimore and all the Orioles fans out there and uh just a cool moment. I don't know how else to explain it.
1: It's just a really cool moment. I mean, it was – it, it it's so that's so well said. It was really cool. You know, like it doesn't – does it really mean anything a week from now? I don't know, but it was unbelievably cool to experience in the moment. <laughs> Um, well, I, you know, I
3: think it does. You know, I mean, look, the Orioles hadn't won a whole lot of games in recent years. And the Orioles, you know, this puts the Orioles kind of back on the map in a lot of different ways. It's a team to me that's overachieving right now, just like I think it did last year. I think Brandon Hyde is doing a wonderful job. We see the direction that this organization is going. It is going yep. upwards. It continues to move up. And so, look, I
1: think it does mean a lot. I think it's another stepping stone to getting back to where the Orioles want to be. Uh, ben, you you, I remember when you came back with the Brewers. You took a no hitter into the seventh, right? It's, right. Is that right. the is that the deepest you ever worked into a no hitter?
3: I think uh, back in in like '90 90 or '91, maybe I'd have to go back maybe against the Tigers. But I think I took a no hitter into the seventh or eighth okay. against the Tigers, and then did had two. I did have two one hitters in my career, complete game one hitters, but they were both. I think I gave them up pretty early in the ballgame. Right, games, like right. Like, the fifth inning, you know.
1: Can you describe what that's like when, when you start having the feeling of, oh, some, something special might be happening here, and, 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 and how much does it make it more difficult? Like, what what is the emotion like for a pitcher in comparison to other big games that you pitch in that, that you don't have no hitters at stake?
3: Well, you know, I, I, a lot of times I don't think you realize it, and I'll be honest, on the call – I didn't even realize it until we got through three innings yesterday that there was a no hitter going on. I started thinking to myself, "Wow, you know." Uh, so sometimes as a pitcher, you're just out doing your thing. You're in the moment, right? You're just trying to get guys out, and all of a sudden you turn around and you look. You look at the scoreboard, and there's zeros across the scoreboard. You know, you go, "Oh, there's there's something potentially special going on here now." And I don't think it changes the way you approach things. I think the most most difficult, and I never took one that I remember, obviously into the ninth, or maybe not even the eighth, but I think it gets more difficult. to again. Because then you start to realize how special this moment can be. But you know, if you watch John Means going back to last year and you watch him this year, he has been in the moment, right? He's been mm-hmm. so focused on what he's doing on the mound. Like you, you watch him pitch, and I watch him closely. But you can just tell that he is locked in. He is locked in from a mechanical standpoint, from a mental standpoint. What you're seeing as an athlete, you're seeing a pitcher that is at his best right now. Like you talk about being in the zone all the time. John Means has been in the zone for his last 11 starts. I mean, it's hard to imagine. Anybody in baseball has been better than him, you know, in his last 11 starts. I don't care if you're talking about DeGrom. I don't care if you're talking about Cole. I don't care, Bauer. I don't care who you're talking about. John Means has proven to everybody. And that's what makes this story so cool to me is that he was a junior college kid, you right. know, and he wasn't highly recruited. He went to West Virginia, not a big baseball school. and He wasn't a high draft pick. And he wasn't really on the Orioles' radar at all in his minor league career, you know, and he goes from that. In 2018, to getting a call-up and one appearance, to not even supposed to make the team in 19, becoming an All-Star in 19, and now he's throwing a no-hitter at the big big level. So I think it's a great story from a lot of
1: different angles. Ben McDonald with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, talking about John Means no-hitter yesterday, I, and that's why I think it's so. We use the word cool. I, I was saying this before you came on. It's it's a it's something about the performance, but it's so much more about the man. It's a celebration of john means yesterday it's a celebration of everything that he's been through and losing his father and you know uh, losing a, a, a child right his, his wife having a miscarriage last year and and how open it's been I, there is just something so special about this story and the things that you're alluding to going under the radar for so long that I, in a way it's it's almost so much better that it's john means than it would have been anybody else that had thrown a no-hitter
3: no, I agree, because I think people can relate to a lot of those stories you just mentioned. I mean, that that's life in a lot of ways. It, it's, it's heartache along the way. And, you know, a guy that almost retired, thought about retiring, he, he got on, you know, that Lincoln and made a, a profile on Lincoln because he was going to get out of the game of baseball, right. you know. And, and, and to do that to where he is today, I think it's a great story for everybody and a lot of the young athletes out there who aren't big-time prospects and chasing dreams and goals and wanting to, to – to, You know, to succeed in this world, I I think it it just brings to the forefront. And you hear the term thrown around all the time. He's a great guy. This guy's a great guy. But John Means is really a a great guy. Like he's a good guy when you talk to him. You know, and uh, his wife, and they got a kid now. You know, and so much has happened in the last year. So. It's one of those guys, one of those stories you can really get behind. You can appreciate it and appreciate John Means.
1: So I thought the story of the actual game yesterday, Ben, was was his placement. was, and, and you guys talked about it so much during the broadcast that wherever he wanted to put the ball, he was putting the ball exactly right there. Can can you explain, like, on, on certain days just how it all clicks? And I'm, I'm and not saying that he doesn't – he's far off from that most of the time, but – I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this yesterday. Wherever he wanted to throw the ball, that was exactly where he ended up throwing the ball.
3: Yeah, look, it's crazy and as hard as a no-hitter is to do. We saw it yesterday. But how about facing 27 batters and throwing strike one on 26 of them? To me, look, to me, that is as impressive as throwing a no-hitter. I mean, how do you face 27 different guys and throw strike one at 26 of them? It's almost an impossible feat to me, you know? And so – he was locked in from the very first pitch of the game. Pedro Severino rocked to the inside part of the plate on Mitch Hanniger. First pitch of the ball game, he buries a 93-mile-an-hour fastball right on the inside part of the plate for strike one. And we said in the open, what's going to make John Means successful? It's going to be the same things made him successful, you know, going back to last year. He's able to locate his fastball and throw it wherever he wants to. And so from a mechanical standpoint, he to me he threw more fastballs than he normally does yesterday, but the command of that fastball was so good, and he really worked it early in the count to the inside part, and then he started going to go into what I think is his best pitch, which is that changeup in the latter part of the game. After he'd done so much work on the inside, it had opened up the outside part of the plate, so it was fun to watch. I mean, he really put on a clinic. It was a clinic, is what it was. That's the only way to say it. And there's a lot to be said for throwing strike one. John Means proved that yesterday.
1: How, how does this happen, then? How how you know you you. Let's be fair, right? You were the opposite of this. You were the guy that everybody knew was, was going to be a major league pitcher. You were, you were the sure thing. How, how does someone go from, uh, as you point out, junior college guy to West Virginia to, to just not really being on the radar to becoming this pitcher? How does this happen in baseball?
3: Well, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, you know that's what to me separates baseball from a lot of this. You know, you see guys make it that, that aren't supposed to make it sometimes, you know, and not only do they make it, they have long careers. John John has been a pitch for a while. We know that. And uh, I think it's a lot to do with hard work, you know, it's just putting your time in, believing in yourself. And, look, he went through ups and downs, you know, like everybody does in, in everyday life. You know, he doubted himself from time to time, and that's why he almost retired. And his wife talked him into coming back and said, no, John, you got to give this a shot. you got to do it. And, and, and he's gone out and done it. But, it happens. You get bigger and stronger. We know about the velocity he's picked up, you know, and he, he went to some of these pitching clinics that are, are that are real big now. A lot of the guys are visiting. And he picked up a couple of miles per hour about two or three years ago. He picked up even a little bit more last year at the beginning of the year. Of course, it got him in trouble, as we know, because he tried to be a pitcher that he you know that he's not been throughout his career. He tried to overpower guys, and he can't do that from time to time. But. Um, He's just grown into his body. And look, we can to still remember this is a guy that still only has about 250, 260 career innings in the big leagues. That's all he has. That's not a lot of innings, but yet he seems like a guy that's been pitching for 10 years because he understands who he is. He understands what makes them successful. And right now it is a ton on a watch, but Look, I still think he can get better, and he's gotten better. We've always said the last couple of years, what's going to make John Means even better? Well, it's going to be the, the working of his breaking balls, because he's always been very heavy on fastball. Teams. Mm-hmm. We know that. But in, in this year and even last year, he's trying to shape that curveball, shape, shape that slider a little bit, and he's starting to land breaking balls now. And For me, this year, that's what's kind of been a little bit different is he's relying a little bit more on his curveball because he's had better command of.
1: Ben, you know, I, I want to go to the other side of this, which is you're you're working the broadcast, but you're, you know, on the other side of the country working the broadcast. Right. Um, did, did you have any nerves as, as you knew what was going on? I mean, obviously, Scott, of course, is a pro, has been doing these things for a long time. Did you have any nerves? Like, boy, I... I better not screw this up while I'm trying to watch this game on a monitor because this could live forever, this call.
3: No, it, it did. It got to be more pressure for us. And it, 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 as you guys know, when you're at the ballpark, it's easier. When you're not at the ballpark, it, it makes it a little more difficult. But that's where we are right now, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, look, my palms, I started to get sweaty palms in the seventh inning <laughs> what's going on. My palm – I mean, I was sitting there just sweating for John Means. I was nervous for him. And when you have the ball in your hand and you're in control, you're not that nervous, to be honest. But when you can't control anything and you know the magnitude of the situation, it it can be tough. And I I was really – really nervous for John and I just kept going, okay, okay, th- this can happen. Because I really felt like about the fifth inning, when he got through five, No, I said to myself, of course, I've never said in the air, I said, this dude's got a real shot to do this because the stuff just kept getting better. The command just kept being pinpoint. I kept saying he's got a real shot to do this, you know, and, there was a couple of balls in there, you know, the broken bat out in center field. Seven yep. Mullins had to come in the line drive over to third base to Franco and of course the deep fly ball, you know, that would have been a home run in just about any other ballpark caught by Austin Hayes at the wall. You know, and so there were some moments in there where you just held your breath. But at the end of the day, look, I went back and looked and I looked at my scorecard right now. There were not many balls get hard. That was it. I mean a lot you see some go-hitters yep. where guys are hitting rockets everywhere, right? And guys are making unbelievable plays. And they're able to pull it off. It wasn't like that. That's how dominant he was last night. There was just a couple of balls hit, you know, a little bit harder. Most everything was swing and misses. And you punch out, you know, 12 ties a career high. Doesn't walk a batter. Didn't walk but one batter against Oakland. And that's what, for me, is his mechanics are so good right now. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to Darren Holmes and Chris Holtz the 50 coaches for the Orioles. I think they've taken John Means, and, and they've all grown together with the analytics and the confidence in what he's doing. And it's showing up in a big way this year. The hardest hit
0: ball of the game was the 96-mile-per-hour short pop-up to shallow left field <laughs> that's wild, of yesterday's game. Yeah. That's so Yeah, wild.
3: and look, 96 in today's game, and look, that's not even considered that hard anymore. I mean, that's like average, right? Yep. I mean, so to, he missed all the barrels yesterday, and it was so much fun to watch. And, and again, I'm so happy for John and – and, and Baltimore nation and the Orioles and everybody else. This is a fun
1: time. It was a neat it was a really neat day. Uh Ben McDonald, of course, at real Ben McDonald on Twitter. Uh we got you for a little bit longer, right? You still working this weekend against the Red Sox? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm
3: here. I'm here all the way through the uh, when the Rays come in town, man. So uh so I'm looking forward to the Red Sox. I mean and this is the cool thing for me about the Orioles guys. Thirty one games 26 of the games they've played against teams that are 500 or better. They've had a very tough schedule, the toughest schedule in all of Major League Baseball, and yet they're sitting just one game from 500. So this team is playing well right now. It's a fun team to watch. The pitching staff is doing well. The bullpen has been outstanding. The offense, we're still waiting for it to get going. I think that it definitely will uh, at some point in time, but it's been fun. But it's going to continue with some really tough teams. You know, you got the Red Sox, you got the Yankees. Uh, you got the Mets and of course the Rays on, on the next homestand, so it's going to be a, a tough road to hold, but it's fun to watch.
1: You it. say that, you know, there's some irony there because it just really feels like just about everybody in baseball is 500 this season. It's yeah, just, no, that's yeah.
3: a lot of truth to that. And the yeah. Orioles, oh, what six times they've tried to get back to 500 since they were four and four. Yeah, so hopefully. Tomorrow night against the, the Red Sox, they'll get back
1: to 5.00. Ben McDonald, always a pleasure. Great job uh, yesterday. You guys You guys nailed it. Uh, I know the circumstances and calling games like that is difficult, but you guys did a tremendous job, and what was a special day for Orioles fans. Appreciate you taking I the time I appreciate you it. saying that. Thank you very much. Ben McDonald with us here on GCR. Appreciate it. And really, I, I, I mean that. That is a tough thing to do. We talked about why I was more willing to give Scott Garceau a pass early in the season. I, I thought they were great yesterday. I thought they handled everything appropriately. I thought the way they talked about it was perfect. I thought they felt the moment despite not being there. The and, voodoo chicken
0: bone ceremony in the eighth inning. Right, that was
1: important. You right. got to do that. That's right. that's the rule. Everybody knows that's what you got to do. Um, I thought they nailed it. Did I? And I believe, by the way, I saw a number that said this was the first year ever. There wasn't a team that had at least a 600 winning percentage at the end of April in baseball?
0: There's not a single There's team. There's not a th-
1: single team in baseball that has a 600 winning percentage. Everybody's 500. Are you for real? I'm completely for real. What about the Royals? the Royals? Are, the Royals are 16 and 13, 552. What about the the Doyers? The Doyers were would have been that team, yeah. but then they started losing every game, including getting swept by the Cubs this week. And now the, they're back to 17 and 15. under might hit on that 104. Yeah, it's starting to look like it that. Prob- it probably won't. For I time. mean, I would I would think that they're, they're gonna, gonna go, get things yeah. figured out, but um, it has been they have fallen
0: apart. So what's the deal with airline food?
1: Yeah, what is the deal with airline food? It's a weird bit, man. It's a weird bit. Everybody's five hundred. I, this is i guess this is what baseball wants right like i guess this is the it's hard to explain though this is the uh the football comparison there's been comparison. injuries certainly yeah there's been injuries but i, I don't somebody un, this is the the problem is that Someone would probably go through and say, "This is what happens when the teams try." Well, they, the
0: dead balls certainly had an impact.
1: The dead balls had an impact, but it's also teams trying to suppress salaries and not spending money, and nobody building a super team in the process. I hear
0: you, but the super like, teams aren't exactly head and shoulders better than the other teams right now, so it's not as if that. Well, the
1: okay, but you're, you're only referring to the Padres and the Dodgers, who, okay, the and part of that story they, is they've, like, they've the had, had to play have against, against each to other to assemble
0: their own quasi super team. But they weren't this off season. Oh, and Void's been hurt; they've had injuries and whatnot. But like ultimately.
1: The Padres are really the only team, specifically this offseason, that spent legit money. Sure. Like, that said, we're not going to care about anything. We're spending legit money this offseason. And the the Rockies. Right, no. They definitely did not do that. So the problem for baseball is that somebody would say, well this is what happens when teams don't go crazy spending money, you end up getting more competitive baseball and or people then this would they they, try This to,
0: would incentivize yes, not spending. Yes.
1: That's the, that's the problem. I mean it's only a month it. into it, right? Yes. Like, so certainly a a lot of the time.
0: Dodgers could be 15 games above 500
1: by they, mid-June. They could be, but not the way they're <laughs> playing. I mean they are as of right now, in the last 2 weeks there's been no worse team in baseball than the LA Dodgers. It's insane. How bad they've been over the last two weeks, and I say bad like the a lot Tigers of have
0: been pretty bad this year. Tigers are on pace for like forty some wins.
1: Uh, the Tigers currently sit at nine and twenty two, by far the worst team in baseball. They're the they're the outlier. Like everybody's beating the Tigers, and that's it. In fact, there's only one other team in all of baseball with a sub four hundred winning percentage. Everybody's between four hundred and six hundred, except for two teams. I mean, that's. It's interesting,
0: Do you know who the other I suppose. is? Is it one you would expect, or is it a somewhat of a surprise?
1: I'll let you guess. Cool, thanks.
0: Um, I don't think it's the Pirates. The Pirates have been surprisingly good. 13-17? It's not the Pirates. Yeah. I'll say the Diamondbacks.
1: No, they're 15-15. and 15. They're dead 500. Well, look at them.
0: Um, AL-NL.
1: NL.
0: Who plays in the National League again? What about the... I don't think it's them. I'm not going to say it. Uh the Marlins aren't that bad, so I'll say the Marlins anyway.
1: It's not the Marlins. They're not that bad. Um, is it the They're thirteen and sixteen. Is it the Rockies? It's of course the Rockies. Probably should have guessed that a little bit earlier. They're twelve and nineteen, three eighty seven winning percentage. Um uh we will talk more. I want to get to your your lists, your comments about where this is for you in Orioles moments. I will get to that next. Ackland Clark Radio on Twitter is the best way to get in your list of Orioles moments and where this fits in. Thanks to Jim Palmer and Ben McDonald for joining us out of the shoot today. Still to come, um, a little bit more talk about John Means himself. Randy Mazey is the baseball coach at West Virginia, and he was John Means' baseball coach when he was at West Virginia. We're going to talk with him about what this means as well. Means, huh? Get it? <laughs> Not intentional. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for a free analysis. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
0: The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com.
4: For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit ceiwc.com. Hey, this is your guy, Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th, from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Great Eights Stable, with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the Beautiful People, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's Great GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolin, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's great 8 Remember, be great.
1: a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
3: The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand Carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Windownation the perfect fit. The latest
0: edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakas' career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens 2020 draft class in their second season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles Ravens and Terps at pressboxonline.com
4: you you are listening to Glenn Clark Radio, radio at GlennClarkRadio.com.
1: All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Got the question up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Where does yesterday rank among your all-time favorite Orioles moments from your own life? And I, I'm not asking you to try to compare it to things that occurred before you. I I can't. I don't have the ability sure. to to give context to that. Let me start going through some responses that have come in, and we've gotten a ton. Um, from Craig. Craig says, My first and only playoff game was the Delman Young game. And oh man, there's no way that's getting replaced anytime soon. I do think, by the way, if you were there that matters. Yeah. And and I and I mean that not in the, not as if there's any Orioles fan that doesn't you know feel something towards sure. Delman Young. But yeah, I mean, like I'm my, telling you, it wouldn't mean the same to me had I not been there. My memory might be an
0: innocuous moment to everyone else. Right? Like, I was at a playoff game. I got a ticket off of, like, StubHub in the 7th or 8th, 6th inning because I like my buddy lives nearby in Fed Hill, and it was a playoff game It was raining that night. Just being at Camden Yards during a playoff baseball game was as memorable. That,
1: But I think you've got to be, when it's... I think you have to be able to separate. I can that. also
0: acknowledge that the yeah. and Young play is much more meaningful, in, right. in a vacuum than that, right? I like,
1: I, I have said before th- this is it's not the I think the Robert Andino thing is embarrassing for us. I think it's embarrassing for us the way that we talk I about still have. it. It's, it's I I I, I hear it's, you. It's it's it so still fun. It's so sad for us that we think so much of that. Like I I can't put it into words. I have said before I appreciate the delman young thing because it mattered mm-hmm. it the it there's still an element of it's a shame that this is the only thing we have and maybe some of the joy of yesterday is at least it gives us something else to talk about besides always talking about the delman young thing that
0: the wild card game in texas is up there for me i mean look i understand this is like we are talking about it as a it's all relative as orioles fans and that's what makes it a awkward conversation because you want to have better things to talk about. Well, we we don't. We didn't. And that's it, it. Doesn't change that what we went through as Orioles fans made what would be considered lesser moments for other teams significant.
1: Um, more significant, yes. You're, you'll never get me to field something. I will only ever give you that it was neat to knock the Red Sox out of the playoffs We're when it comes also to Robert about Andino. The Millwood
0: game, right? Like talking about like. Well, I mean, you know, like it was. Wait, Millwood game. He started.
1: And talking about in Texas, yeah, it was Jeff Saunders. Jeff Saunders, is similar, similar players in my mind.
0: Okay. As far he, as their stature and men. But regardless, the idea that it was a playoff win in my.
1: mind... Yeah, life, I mean, it was cool. I, by the way, I think it's definitely higher on my list than Robert Andino. There's no doubt about that, but it doesn't. As, as cool as it was, it it registers in a weird way for me because that play-in game kind of didn't feel exactly like the same. It's a, it's a it's weird... Hell,
0: it was a hell of an excitement. I mean, there was clearly... Oh, I mean, I, that, like, I, I, had a, I had a, I had a, I had a buddy
1: show up at my house and we poured beer over each other's heads after the game was over. It was a neat moment. Down to a little pint of Captain Morgan's. Okay, so there's that. Um, Patrick... Uh, um, 83, he was a little bit old. I I know Patrick. He's a little bit older than I am. So 83 is at the top, then 21, 31, then Dalman Young, then yesterday, then Robert, God damn it. Robert Andino. God damn you, Patrick. Damn it. Look, it's the. I, and I, I hate this because I hate being the guy. It feels like I'm. It is me. It's a bad experience, right? Like I
0: was. It, I was the age at which I couldn't fully appreciate. There's so
1: many things. Hold there's, on.
0: Yeah. I couldn't fully appreciate the Orioles being good in the 90s because I was so young. Mm-hmm. so it wasn't as if i yes could, but patrick
1: could <laughs> he appreciated 83
0: but to my god up until that point in 2011
1: it goes a step beyond the, i can't fathom comparing robert andino to eddie murray hitting his 500th home run i couldn't compare robert andino to cal getting his 3000th hit i couldn't compare it to any of those things it's not in that territory well, for it's me. in its own stratosphere thank you appreciate that mm-hmm. jesus Um, from Brett, uh, 2131, then 2130, then Delman Young, then yesterday. Um, yeah, like, you know, it's funny, 2130 to me does not stand on its own in any way. Like, it's just part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's that, it's the week, it's the celebration, but it doesn't, I know Cal hitting a home run was cool, but I don't have unique memories to 2130 that separate from 2131. If I had to separate it, it probably wouldn't be in the top 10 for me, if I'm being honest. Um, Matt says the ALE's clinching game in 14 That's is his me, number one. I certainly think the celebration mm. of it. I think you'd be hard-pressed to remember much of anything about sure. the game itself. Like being able to actually celebrate that. It happening at story. home yeah. and the way that it occurred. And I also think if you were there, it probably means. Is that where Jones was
0: pying fans?
1: Yep. I think it probably means a little bit more to you if you were there. than I think it's the same thing as I'm talking about with some of these others. If it it we it stands up for everyone and the joy that you felt. I happened to have to work at XM that night. Sucks. Um, but if you were there, I think it stands oh, yeah, sure. up in a way that that it wouldn't necessarily otherwise. He says, "Delman number two, uh, 2131 is number three. Uh, basically, 2014 was my benchmark as an Orioles fan. I get it, Matt." Um, Laura, this is kind of similar to your story. Laura says, my sentimental favorite was the big comeback win over the Red Sox in 9 I've never been so glad to wait out a rain delay. I remember that game, but the Orioles were terrible in 09. And I mm-hmm. I think that, that's one of those that you almost have to be willing to, to say is it, you have to uniquely separate because it just can't mean all that much to that much of anyone else. That being said, I got one that I'm surprised nobody else is going to uh eric uh uh says all of these other moments people are talking about i'm putting means no hitter uh uh behind them and then also the 2012 wild card win yesterday was really cool no doubt but not the same stakes
0: sure I I, mean, the mariners are the mariners right like it's right but it, it's but i understand it's still a it's no but
1: it's more than that okay. it's and it's something specifically that we haven't seen sure it's one thing. In two generations. And right? I, I I couldn't say this with Palmer. Like, when he threw his no-hitter, they had just thrown one the year before. The the stakes weren't quite the same. You're right. It was pathetic. Like Yeah, right? Who cares? It's not <laughs> even all that impressive. We're talking about something that hasn't happened in 51, 52 years. Mm-hmm. A a complete game no-hitter. Obviously, in 91, there was the Bob Malackey, Greg Olson, uh, Williamson, and who was the other pitcher that day? Oh, God. It's going to drive me nuts. It was somebody good, too. Oh, who was the fourth pitcher that pitched that day? It was me. Ah, son of a bitch. It'll come to me. Um, there was that one, but that's a, a combined no-hitter will never register the same way. Sure. It just it can't. So we're talking about something that had 50 plus years of having not happened. It's it's it is more than a little special. And again, as I said before, with no offense to anybody else, of all the guys currently that could have done it, it needed to be John Means for it to matter this much. Mm-hmm. For us to feel this way about it, it had to be John. It could not have meant the same if it was Matt Harvey, Jorge Lopez, or even the young... Like I think it would be cool for it to be one of the young guys, but like once upon a time, Bud Smith was an exciting prospect who threw a no-hitter for the Cardinals, and I don't know that Cardinals fans even remember it. I mean, they remember it, but it, it just doesn't register. It had to be John Means. It had to be someone who feels like an Oriole. And, yes, there's the awkward side of it, and we can talk more about that in a second, which is how long will John Means be an Oriole? We don't know, but he at least feels like an Oriole right now and someone we're invested in, someone that we care about as Orioles fans. It needed to be that in order for it to mean that much.
0: Another game that I would mention throughout my life that I had as much fun throughout it, during it, like, was the eighteen inning Red Sox one? I get it was wonky. I yeah, get it was, I mean it was it but was. But it was it was the game of two thousand and twelve for me that sticks out as being this I, season was. Yeah, madness, I hear ya, you.
1: Know? I hear you.
0: I just and I watched every pitch, right? Like it was a fever dream. To an I extent. I
1: just think it was weird more than it was maybe so joyous you maybe know what so, I mean? like, but I, like
0: that season was it, it's weird. it's
1: a memorable game it's definitely a memorable game it's one you know in, in seasons of 162 games there are few that are as as memorable as that one was i couldn't compare it as sure i mean like, look it's of by, course not by this. the next day i was over it by the next day it was just a game that had occurred like
0: but it was a microcosm of the improbability of the season itself i
1: felt I mean, I, I I understand the representation, but it just, it was a game, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was a game. Uh, Matt does say that yesterday would be higher on the list if he had actually, like you, yeah, he was able to listen to it on the radio, he was not able to watch because of uh, work. Also says he thinks it would have meant more if um, it had been one of the long-time play-by-play voices that have been calling the game, like a John Miller or a Joe Angel or a Fred Manfred. I, I mean, I, I hear you. I actually don't think that that's, there's no validity to that. Jerry. Yeah, I mean it would have been it would have been really nice. I saw a couple people tweeting about that yesterday. It would have been really nice. But I I do think that Scott was was yeah. quite good yesterday. So I'm Can't say I didn't get a chance to see, but Right. Right. So weird. So um, weird. I was
0: upset with my brother. I was like, "What? I yeah, why wouldn't why wouldn't you
1: have messaged me like, a little bit earlier?" Just, "Hey, dude." He called
0: me the moment it ended.
1: Uh John from Little You know what's funny? I did not I, I was sitting in studio. I was doing something. I don't remember what I was doing, but I was not I I was late turning the game on mm-hmm. yesterday. I didn't so you I was the third inning? I was prepping. I don't think I got to it until about the 4th inning. I was late turning the game on, and when I turned it on, unaware. Of mm. course because you know, not really sure. it's not really that big of a deal yet what's going when ben on. When
0: McDonald was like,
1: "Yeah, I didn't notice until about the 3rd." I was like, "So you noticed Pretty early, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. correct. That's that's before I am sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know how people when people start noticing these things. I do know people that I've gone to games with over the years that like no hitter after the first. Kind it's, of thing. Well, it's the they 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 acknowledge the first hit. Like we're not well, we're not going to see a no hitter tonight. I, can, like, I
0: mean, sometimes I'm aware of it to an extent. Yeah.
1: From um, from John and Little Rock, I thought this was really interesting. John has been tougher on the Orioles than a lot of the people in our, our our stratosphere in recent years. He said, for the first time in many years, I felt close to the club I worshipped as a child in the late 70s and 80s. I was listening to the radio call, and I got chills and goosebumps. It's hard to describe, but the feeling was tremendous. I've been away from following, and I have faded away from Major League Baseball for various reasons, but this club has drawn me back. I can't explain it. It's really interesting, John. That's really, really interesting, man.
0: Be curious to know whether, like, what it was about the club in general, right? Like, is it that they I are mean, play, gutty, they plucky, right? I don't good. know. They don't play like they don't make many unforced errors. I mean, they get there, right. in the Field and stuff. But um, the expectations being so low and them being a 500 team is that kind of like at the heart? Is that probably you think
1: what I, does it? Or I, is I, it? I, I don't know. I'd have John tell me more right. about that. But it's fascinating um from ray uh he's taking the playoff moments out of the discussion man i kind of wanted to put him in the discussion if i'm being honest with you so he says otherwise twenty-one thirty-one, uh the clinch game in 2014 and then means yesterday although he says he thinks that matt Weeder's debut is higher on his list i mean it was certainly there was a lot of anticipation it and it was a it was palpable it was you could feel something there's no doubt about it obviously it is not yeah, it has sure. not had the legs. Hindsight doesn't exactly Correct. illuminate it more. From uh, Sam, hard to really say. It's just such a different kind of cool. Everyone baseball unexpectedly paying attention to the Orioles for a day, probably somewhat akin to the Cal Ripken statue night. I've had a couple people reference the Cal Ripken statue night. I don't think this compares in any way to that. I mean, that that was that was a neat feel for us. Right. It was a celebration of the Orioles being good again. It was cool to beat the Yankees, and it was an anniversary of a major. But, like, this is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't... I, I, don't, I almost don't get that. I, I feel as though we should be able to compartmentalize. It was... that and There's was,
0: celebration off the field, and then there's moments on the field. I, but I don't even... I don't think that even... I get that they don't compare even if you were to put them in the same category, but like...
1: And I I'm not trying to say the Cal Statue game was nothing. I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't have any memory of it whatsoever. I get that it was cool, but comparing it to a... The first complete game no hitter in fifty years. Mm-hmm. I I can't do that. I can't do that. Um Nick Kelly uh says he was also barely alive in eighty three. That's 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 true. So he thinks that the the games the things that would be above it for him on the list would be twenty-one thirty 2130 and twenty-one thirty-one, the day they clinched the AL East in fourteen, Eddie's five hundredth home run, and then below it would be the last game at Memorial Stadium. That's the first time somebody's referenced that. That was a really special day the first game at Camden Yards, and the Delman Young game to him is below it on his list. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, From Madison, 21-31 first, the 12 uh, wildcard game, uh, clinching the AL East in 2014, Delman Young, and then that. And from Noah, he's he's got quite the list. Noah goes 10 deep on the list. Number one, Delman Young. Number two, um the 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 wildcard in twelve. Number three, And God damn it, and Dino. Number four, then John Means. Number five, the Clinch in fourteen. Number six, the Cal Statue game. Number seven, that comeback against the Red Sox. Number eight, uh Manny's and Wheaters debuts. Number nine, uh the game that you referenced with Chris Davis pitching, and number ten, um, just the first. I don't. I don't. I don't think number ten registers. He said the first uh, ALDS game in Baltimore in twelve. I mean, I. I remember being emotional. Like I remember being. I couldn't tell you were they were playing. I, it meant something. The Yankees. The right? Yankees yes, yeah. It meant something more to me because I was there with my father, and we didn't go. I said this before. We didn't go to any of the games in '96 or '97 together, and so, I. I had at some point accepted that I was never gonna be at a playoff game with my father. Like it was just never gonna happen in my life, and. It's the nature of being an Orioles fan, man. So that meant something more to me.
0: Man, that actually might have been the one that I was at. I'm trying to think. It definitely was, was it a raining? game. It
1: definitely rained. It definitely rained. The game was delayed a couple hours. The or the Ravens had played the Chiefs earlier in the day. I did the shortest postgame show I've ever done in the history of my life that day. I think I did like a 30-minute post game show on the radio and then ran off to make sure that we were at the ballpark. And then we sat and waited for another couple of hours. Per- I think that might have been when I was delay. at. Uh, it would make sense yeah. if it was raining. Um, the one... It's 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 interesting. It's interesting what Noah brings up. It, nobody has included this moment on their list. Only because... I think if you had asked the week afterwards, it, people would have thought about it. I'm surprised how much it has not registered since then. Very high on my list. And of all of those trying to... You know, when you bring up the, the game in Boston in 12, when you bring up all these other things... There's nothing that registers with me nearly as much as the fake and the throwback to third. Nothing. I hear you. Nothing registered to me I thought of in it. the in the euphoric, oh my God, what are we looking at right now type of way. The the Boston game was goofy. It was silly. It was but a silly baseball game. But it was about the entirety
0: game. of the game. But right? it was like, silly. It, I think I have to. It wasn't
1: spectacular. It was silly baseball. I hear you.
0: I understand what you're saying. I, I that that play crossed my mind. It's this, not something that I have ignored.
1: What what numbered. I com- what I compare. The other part of why John Means stands out, and Ben McMott, McDonald alluded to it. It should have been a perfect game, right? Sure. Like literally, his only blemish on the day was a strikeout. Mm-hmm. It should have been a perfect game. What made it so special was that you felt like you were watching greatness. True greatness Mm -hmm. yesterday. That's always going to be... when somebody hits four home runs in a game, when somebody it. does something. I was at Chris
0: Davis is hitting three, and that was pretty like, awesome.
1: I, people talk all the time about the day that Fernando Tatis hit two grand slams in an inning, and that's cool, but it's really more of an anomaly. It's really more of like a, mm-hmm. what a unique thing that ended up occurring that you're not going to get the chance to see all the time. I, I, I can't remember triple plays the same way because they're, they're anomalies. You Circumstances had to be what they were for you to get a chance to see it. But when you get the opportunity to witness something truly great, something that you don't get to see, Mm -hmm. and particularly given the stakes in 2012 of Manning having just been called up, and while they were a cool team to watch, there wasn't a transcendent talent that was there. There was a really good player in Adam Jones a player that we really liked in Nick Markakis, but there was no transcendent, earth-shattering talent. Mm-hmm. And this was the moment where, oh my God, there might be. And so nothing, none of these other things that we bring up, and it's with no offense to any of them, register for me in the same way. That was the, oh my God, jaw drop, I will never forget what I'm watching. This will stay with me eternally, that I am watching a generational talent Play baseball right now, and I'm going to have this in my life for years to come. And whether that, whether his departure has dissipated some of that, like has made it less memorable, whether you decided that you didn't like Manny Machado because of your own internal problems that you have, whatever it is, I don't know. But I'm surprised that we've gotten so many responses and no one had included this on their list because to me, there's nothing that compares to it in terms of, of actual baseball things that I saw. And the context, we talk about why I no-hitter so cool. It's the you have no idea what you're going to see that day. Mm-hmm. The day the Orioles clinched, we knew it was going to happen, or we knew it was possible that it was going to happen. When you're in the playoffs, you know something could happen. You're watching a playoff game. The nature of... You keep going to baseball games because you never know when the mm-hmm. game that you go to is going to be a game that you're going to remember forever. That you had no feel for it that day. This yeah. is the moment.
0: And I think that for me, that was more about the 18 inning one. Like that play was incredible. <sighs> it's like what I, I, like, if you were to ask the oldest Yankees fan ever, he would tell you maybe the day that Babe Ruth called his home run, right? Maybe I don't know. And like that. Well, they're, they're,
1: they're, those people are no yeah, longer. There are other yeah. ones
0: also. I'm sure that they would probably mention, but. The idea that one play could be the absolute pinnacle is tough for me to put it over the entirety of a game. I just,
1: it was such a, it's, you're celebrating silliness over greatness. Yeah, I just can't like fathom that.
0: A hell of a relay, but like the, the 14th inning to keep it in extras and it, then to prolong the game and the wackiness of it all, sure, made it even more. But it was a fun game. Again,
1: it was a fun game. I mean, like,
0: even before it got to extras. It was a back and forth. Like, Hardy had a three-run home run. They were up, like, 6-2. There have
1: been other fun games. I hear you. Like, I just, I'll never understand comparing silly and fun or wacky or goofy or any of that to watching someone do something that is utterly great. That is utterly, by the way, like, Kenny Lofton's catch at the wall will well, stay Trump's with me catch forever. The yards was pretty effing unbelievable. It was a great catch. It doesn't mean as much to me as Kenny Lofton's. When Kenny Lofton climbing the it. wall was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I'll never fathom comparing anomalies, comparing weird to great. Great will always stand out for me in that way. We'll keep talking about this as the morning goes on. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. Some great events for grade eights coming up, including private signings with like of Jonathan likes of Jonathan Ogden, John Harbaugh, and Quam Bolden. Also coming up, Baltimore Celeb Fest. One week from Saturday, the Benfield Sports Complex. It's going to be an amazing day for pro wrestling fans. Over 50 professional wrestlers, including some of the biggest names in the history of the sport. Also, some current stars. Like Brian Cage and Lance Archer will be there. Matt Seidel, it's going to be an amazing day. And if you want to meet all of the great eight stable, eight current stars, you can get pictures and autographs for just 200 bucks, which is a great, great deal. Coming June 27th at Jerry's Toyota, it's Tucker Fest, where you can meet Justin Tucker, live music throughout the day, the dunk tank, cornhole tournament, all of it coming up on June 27th. Find out more about all of these events right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. We are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio, a Thursday edition of the program. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a Trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, Free Wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun.
0: C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather whether, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis.
1: Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks. And if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. Pressboxonline.com masks. We got a purple and orange state flag neck gator for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gator and an over the ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com masks. Let's get this. This over with Wear Our Masks, Home Team Masks.
3: Baseball is back in full in 2021 and the Bat round has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from ten to twelve on the Bat round right here at Pressbox Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between. Plus, tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressboxOnline.com/slash the Bat or at Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. That's the Around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12, right here at Press Box Sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
4: This is, is LLMRRRadio.com. Nothing
1: but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, where we've got the perfect hybrid for you. Whew, man, perfect Highlander, too. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, that Highlander is the vehicle that you're looking for. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. A uh, couple more things that will come in today from Dave. Dave says, Glenn, I keep thinking about John Means and what you said about losing it when he talked about his dad. I lost my father. Now I'm a little bit older than John. I lost my father last year. And I couldn't help but think about him in that moment. I think that's what helped transcends. No matter how close you've been with the team of late, no matter how disappointed you've been in their decision-making, something about yesterday just meant a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, Dave, I think that's relevant. I think that I think that's a factor. I think knowing John Means' story impacts it a great deal. I think, I do, I think that any no-hitter would have been cool, but I genuinely believe it had to be someone you were invested in for it to mean this much. I think that if it had been... Again, no offense to Matt. If it had been Matt Harvey, it, it would, would have been... been a
0: novelty. It would have been, oh my gosh, no, his I'm trade value is going to be pretty high. Maybe, kind maybe. Of thing. Like, it would have been neat in that sense.
1: The the awkward part of the conversation, I brought it up with Jim Palmer, I, I, don't, I don't know how to talk about the other side of it because you don't want to do it today. You just don't. You just want to be able to celebrate something today and not talk about it on the other side. And I'm not saying that a... A throwing a no-hitter changes John Means' trade value more than if he had thrown a one-hitter yesterday, right? Like, I don't think that anybody suddenly says, well, forget it, we'll give you everything now because he threw one no-hitter. I don't think that's the way that it works. But his track record but
0: of late is... Yes, of it's, it's far
1: more about the... Is this the greatest value that John Means will ever have? And if that's the case... Do you feel like you have to do it because you'll never have a more valuable asset in trying to lay a rebuild? It's an awkward, awkward situation to be in, and it's an awkward conversation to have because there is the side of it that Jim Palmer alluded to without going too far I get. He works for the team, so he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go too crazy there, but he alluded
0: to. This guy's already doing it.
1: Why, why are you Why are you looking for someone else that might be John Means when you've got John Means? Why would that be the way that you'd be trying to build something?
0: And that brings up the question, how long right. can he do this?
1: How long can he do this? Does it line up with when you're going to have your best? Like th- th- There are answers to that question. There are absolute fair answers to why would you be looking for your next John Means instead of just having your John Means. Well, the answer would be how much can having a John Means right now really help you? Six years old. It's, is it possible that this team is, you know, as they continue to flirt with 500 2023. Or is it possible that they are set up to weirdly have a season this year? Maybe I I don't I don't think so. If I had to bet, no, but you know, it's still only early May. We don't Coming know that with it. certainty right now. By the way, if if they are, if they're you know, the would you rather scenario that we presented yesterday, they're almost certainly not going to trade him at that point. If they are Still in this position or better by the time we get to late July. I don't think that they'll be looking to move John Means at that point, but if they're not, you got to talk about it. You have to. You have no choice. If John Means continues to pitch, even if it's not this, but just some proximity to this, because this is obviously absurd, but if it's even something in the neighborhood of this, then you have to have the conversation about. What do you do? What's best for the team? How do you go about handling this? All of that must be covered. The Dodgers might need some pitching. They certainly, and obviously losing uh, Dustin May uh, hurts them a great deal. There's no doubt about that. So it it exists. We have to talk about it. We have to keep talking about it, and this does nothing to quiet that conversation. There is no correct answer.
0: Turns it up to a a boil. Like it's... It was awkward a little bit before, but it wasn't as awkward because of course if he's fetching this well you would trade him kind of thing. But now it's like he's further endeared himself.
1: Correct. It makes it it yeah. makes it now he's responsible for one of the the great, you know, memories in recent history of Orioles baseball, and it makes it tougher. There's been a lot people have, have put their emotions on their sleeve when this conversation has shifted to Trey Mancini and said, You can't trade Trey Mancini. And of course we've said back Well, why can't you i don't i don't get three that run homer yesterday of course and it was very cool it was actually i it, was told i got i gotta be honest with you i was starting to get nervous as the eighth inning went on like there's a too much there's, time. A, there's a part of me that's like dude, just get three outs mm-hmm. and go back like they they're not scoring three runs today sure this is only about whether or not they get a hit don't leave leave them sitting in the dugout forever i genuinely was like just just end this get him back out there no more runs are needed right now right. oh jesus um, but, yeah, there's there's emotion that comes with that, and that makes it difficult. This creates more emotion, frankly, when we talk about John Means. There's no getting around that. This creates greater emotion, greater attachment well, to, to John Means. it's easier people to wrap
0: their minds around a no-hitter and, just, and, and well, that being and a declaration that this guy's actually good.
1: And the belief that if you have a true ace yeah. on your roster – that you can't be that far off, mm-hmm. right? That like the worst teams in baseball don't have a guy that's pitching like John Means. If you've got that, you some can of the best only teams don't right now. well, sure, but you can only be so bad. Sure. So it's easier to talk yourself into the idea of. The this...
0: were pretty bad at times throughout Felix Hernandez's tenure. There were right? definitely like, times. They there's they no doubt. Certainly wasted a lot of Jacob Degrom.
1: Um, but not bottom of the, not bottom of baseball. One to not two worse, runs starts I, as I had, understand what you're saying, but not worst team in baseball. Not competing for the number one pick in the draft. And that's the thing that we're talking about. But it's also, the it's thing that we're talking about on the flip side is if you've got an ace, why wouldn't you go try to sign a player in the offseason? Why wouldn't you try to take advantage of this? That's the feel that it creates for some Orioles fans is you're not getting the number one pick. You're going to win too many games. You're not going to get the number one pick. So if you're not getting the number one pick, why wouldn't you adjust course and say, the plan was for us to just Another be really bad and not spend say, money? You're not
0: getting the number one picks. So you're not going to get your influx of talent via the number one pick, but you can get that end more for trading.
1: Well, for trading him, that's the other side of it, right? But if you're not, again, if you're not trading him and you're not going to get the number one pick, then the argument becomes, why not change what you're doing? Why not decide that we want to try to win now? If we've got this, one other
0: player hits. Uh, sure, Grayson Rodriguez might be closer than I me. Mean, maybe D.L. Hall is better. Yes, he's, he's a double level. A,
1: yes. Correct. Sure, but in
0: theory, right, we think he could have success. It's also weird for me right to right try now. to adjust to,
1: like, Grayson Rodriguez being at Aberdeen, but I it's, know, right? like, it's, it's really ball, like he's at Frederick. A, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not there yet. That will still take some time mm-hmm. for me to get there. So when I was watching Grayson Rodriguez at Aberdeen, I legitimately had this moment like, hey, Grayson season. Rodriguez is still at Aberdeen? Right, what yeah. the hell is going on? And then I'm like, oh, right, right. Yeah, Aberdeen is Frederick. Finkel is Einhorn. I had to go yes. through the whole thing in my mind. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a,
0: it's a complex discussion that can't really be answered.
1: No, there's no answer today for sure. You have to see how this plays out. And again, if if John Means doesn't follow this up with another month like this, then the conversation goes away. But... If his value continues to be insanely high, based on how he's been pitching, well, he was we're going to have to keep talking about last
0: it. Last year, when he started off the year shaky, it was odd, because, well, it looked like he was throwing the ball a lot harder, and his stuff had gotten better. And then he sort of dialed back a little bit toward the end of the year, and stopped maybe trying to always throw 95, 96. You saw his command return, Yep. and the changeup was incredible, and you were like, okay, this is there's something here, this is good, and then... Now he's got breaking pitches. I
1: don't know. And he's, a, and he's just putting the ball where he wants right. to. I mean I don't, it's just I the don't, command the command is insane. Yeah, it's I don't know how to answer. Command.
0: I do know that with 3 years of team control left, it should be something that teams compete for.
1: I would think I would think he, and and at at unless teams just aren't interested in making trades. I can't fathom why he wouldn't have insane value at the deadline this year. I mean, the Red Sox are in this right now and they don't have pitching. Correct. That's a fact. All right, uh but we've been, we talking, a about, we've been talking a lot about we've been talking a lot about John Means this morning and I guess I should remind everybody. Feels like a pretty good time for you to wander over to your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox and pick up the print issue of Pressbox which is available right now on the cover John Means. You've heard of him. He did something yesterday, and he's on the cover of PressBox right now for you to go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read the entire thing at pressboxonline.com. The cover story isn't only about John Means. He is part of a bigger story of, of Chris Holt, the new pitching coach, and how they're overhauling pitching within the um, the organization. But right now, seems like a pretty good day to go get it. John Means on the cover of the new print issue of Press Box. Go pick it up today at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Our next guest knows a thing or two about John Means and why this story is so freaking incredible and why we are all embracing it so much more than just the fact that there was an Orioles no-hitter yesterday. It's, it's bigger than that here. He knew John Means well before anybody seemed to think John Means was going to be much of a great pitcher or even a particularly good one. As he coached him at West Virginia, he is the baseball coach at West Virginia. It's a pleasure for us to welcome into the program, Coach Randy Maisie, who's with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you today. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
5: Oh heck yeah, man! We're we're fired up down here. Last night we had uh, we played Pitt. That's our big rival yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had an evening game, and we found out that Meansy had a. A no-hitter going through seven, so we put the we put the darn Bo- Orioles game on our scoreboards uh, <laughs> before our game started, and our players uh, we we watched the last six outs uh, wow. from our field while Pittsburgh was taken in infield outfield.
1: Wow, that's so cool, Coach. That is so cool. What what's going through your mind as you're watching that? Can you just you know just take me through with the emotions that you're feeling? You got your own game to be getting ready to play, but the emotions that you're feeling as you're watching John go through that. It's...
5: Just uh, more or less, just proud of a kid. You know, he—that kid has earned and deserved everything that has come his way. His work ethic, his professionalism, his willingness to learn—is uh, all wrapped up into a big ball. And the, uh, the culmination of that is all the success that he's been having. Just really, really proud of what he's been able to do.
1: Coach, when when can you give me your first like? When when did John Means end up on your radar? Um, you know, someone who was a JUCO guy. What what did you know about him, and what were your expectations for John Means?
5: You know, we uh, we got hired here at West Virginia uh, in the summer. Uh, me and my staff didn't get to West Virginia until mid June or late June, and we didn't have much of a recruiting. Class that summer to speak of. Was, we were it, was, this, to was this join the,
1: was was thirteen? Was this two thousand thirteen, coach? Or this must have been twelve. Twelve, okay. I think. And uh, we didn't have a recruiting class. We were
5: getting, joined, getting ready to join the Big Twelve, and uh, West Virginia hadn't even qualified for the Big East Conference tournament the year before, so we we were in trouble big time. <laughs> so we had about a month until school started. So in that month myself and the two assistants that I hired, we just went on a research project and tried to find as many available players as we could, which isn't easy in July when school starts in August, but we managed to round up about 19 kids in that recruiting class. And, um, means he got on our radar and was actually pitching in a summer league. I think it was actually in New York and a pitching coach went up to see him pitch and, saw him throw a game and said, Man, I I think this guy's got a chance to to be a pretty good one. So uh, one thing led to another and uh on short notice means he became a mountaineer. You
1: <laughs> know and, and the rest is history now. The rest is history. Randy Mazey, baseball coach at West Virginia, with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. So so you bring him into the program, right? Did did you did you know immediately that this was a guy like you had you had discovered something that that everybody else had missed, or did it still take a while?
5: No, he was—he uh, could really pitch. His stuff at that time wasn't overpowering, but he had three pitches that he could throw for strikes, and really, really smart kid, and and really, really learned. He's a great learner. He learned from every outing he
2: had, he,
5: he continued to get better as he was here, and I wasn't surprised to hear him say uh, yesterday that. Uh, his changeup wasn't working all that great early on, so he had to establish his fastball to his glove side to make the changeup better. And his kid is just just like that. He's just always learning. He got better from everything that happened to him here, good, bad, or or indifferent. He uh, he continued to learn and progress, and and ended up by the time he left here was a uh, was a really good pitcher.
1: Did you? I mean, when when he left, did you say to yourself, "This guy's going to be a big league pitcher"? Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Or, or did you even still have some trepidation? Like, you know, he's he's good, but um, you know, th- th- this is a different animal that we're talking about.
5: No, you knew he was going to be good. His, his coming out party, I would say, is we we took a you know, that first year in the in the Big Twelve. We we were just trying to prove ourselves as a baseball program, so we were we were willing to play anybody anywhere at any time and actually took a game on short notice. North Carolina was actually looking for a midweek game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I think they called me on Monday and said, Hey man, can you play tomorrow? I was like, yeah, we'll come down and play. I don't care. So we went down to North Carolina and you know, they have a tremendous program and we went down there, got on the bus and, and drove down there. I think we drove down there the day of the game and Meansy went out there and shut them out on their own field. Well, and when he did that I thought okay. Yeah. This this kid's got a real chance to be a good one if his if his stuff gets better as he gets older, then he's got a chance to be a a superstar and and once I got to know John means the person and the work ethic and the professional approach, then there's no doubt that the stuff's going to get better and he's he's going to learn from everybody who is around him to make him better.
1: Coach, you referenced John Means the person, and it's it's so much of why I think this moment means even more. Like, with with no offense to anybody else, that it just wouldn't have meant the same to Orioles fans, I think, if it had even been Matt Harvey who had thrown a no-hitter yesterday. Knowing John and his story and being under the radar and fighting, and then, you know, I'm sure you got to know the Means family and him losing his father a year ago. Um, I, how much more it means because of the type of human that John means is,
5: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, no one means and and he and his wife stopped by our campus after the, after his all-star season and, and talked to our team and introduced himself to our team. And, and our kids got to know him a little bit. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to give credit to his dad, you know, in the interview because he's that's the type of kid he is, you know, that, I'm sure that was that was the first you know, person or thought that entered his mind, just because he's a family-oriented kid, and and uh, we had a great relationship with his father, and I know how tough that was on him, and that just made it all that much more special for a person like him to do what he did.
1: Now, I'll be honest with you, Coach. I, I, you know, I never not got to know John Means' dad at all, but I lost it when he started talking about him yesterday. I, I, I couldn't help it. I broke down, man. I. I had to, I was in the car at that point. I had to, I was calling a game last night and I had to get over there and I I had to pull over because I had to compose myself. It was it meant that much more to me in that moment. It's...
5: Yeah, there's it, you'll never ever hear anybody say anything bad about John Means or the person he is or the player he is. He's just a he's just a superstar kid and very very deserving. I I couldn't be happier for for him the person.
1: How how significant is he to the West Virginia baseball community, uh, Coach? Again, you know, you you reference what you guys have had to build there, and you know, it, it, not necessarily. You, you, you sure didn't show up at a place that was a powerhouse at that point. How significant is he to that community, and and how much did it mean to everyone connected with West Virginia baseball?
5: Well, you know, at at the time, he's like the he's like the artist. You know, his paintings don't don't the value doesn't go up until after the artist. Goes away, you know. So, you know, at the at the time, the the people of West Virginia they were just they were just dying for some good baseball, and and uh, Meansy and all his teams we we started providing that. But but now I think the Morgantown community and and everybody looks at him and say, man, this this guy's doing things that no Mountaineer has ever done. You know, starting with the All Star game, he's the first Mountaineer to ever play an All Star game. So. I think people now are just realizing uh, who John Means is when we've known it all along and his teammates and his coaches have known all along what type of person he is. I, I think the, uh, the West Virginia fans are just starting to learn that.
1: How much does his name come up when uh, when you have like recruiting visits? How much do you just say, hey, by the way, let me tell you about this guy. Uh, you, you ever heard of John Means? How much does that occur when you're sitting in, uh, maybe not living rooms over the last year, maybe on Zoom calls, but when you're having recruiting visits?
5: Yeah, yeah. you know, when we bring recruits through our stadium, there's a big picture of Meansy right as you walk through the front door with all the other uh, big leaguers that have played here. And, you know, just a tribute to him that, you know, we had a – I've tried to keep the West Virginia former baseball alums involved in a program. And and, uh, it's not all that easy to do, rounding all those people up. But uh, I had a Zoom call with them all uh, before the season started this year. And, and means he's one of the first guys on there introducing himself to the, to the older players that wow. didn't know who he was. So he's, he's just that type of kid that he's just, uh, uh, willing to give back, you know, everything that, uh, to everybody who's given something to him.
1: That's really cool. Um, coach, any, any one, before I let you go, any one particular story of an interaction that you had with him that when when people ask you, you know, hey, what's, what's, what's the biggest John Means moment? Obviously, bring up the North Carolina one. That one's pretty good. But anything else that, you know, you'd say, I, I think people should hear about this when it comes to John Means or know about this particular story about him? You know, he's
5: a, he's really not that type of kid. He's not, he's not a uh, – he doesn't show emotion much. I was happy to see how he reacted to the no-hitter yesterday because he's a just-go-about-my-business. Yeah. real professional type of guy, but, you know, I just remember him pitching at, uh, at Kansas state, you know, going back into his home state that he grew up in and with an opportunity to pitch at a really high level in the in the big 12 and a, in a conference that he grew up watching and to have his dad and his whole family in attendance, you know, half the crowd was the means family. So I just was, was thrilled for him that he got an opportunity to, uh, to do that uh when you know he was what well, you said he flew under the radar so much uh in high school and in junior college, so for him to have that moment uh was pretty cool for me
1: Randy Mazey, head coach, the program the West Virginia baseball program um i I can only imagine the emotions that were flowing for you and um, just what a what a cool story this is for us that you get to share in, obviously is it's it's a guy that uh, that meant so much to you and to your program. It's just an awesome, awesome thing, an awesome moment for everyone seeing John Means throw a no hitter yesterday. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Congratulations. Uh, great work. I mean, I guess we get, we got to give you credit, right? Like, this is all you <laughs> that made this happen. And it inspired a big win for you last night, too, right?
5: Yeah, I told uh, when we went into the game, like I said, we were watching the no-hitter on the uh, big screen before the game started. And I told our starting pitcher, wouldn't it be cool to throw two no-hitters <laughs> in this
1: <laughs> didn't get that but still got a big win over a good team so uh Absolutely. Congr- congratulations on that as well coach thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning uh best okay, of luck the rest of the way i appreciate it coach randy Maisie from west virginia checking in with us here on gcr obviously coach john means when he was there some neat stories about how john means got to this point today's program brought to you by window nation i am glenn clark for window nation right now Get 50% off all styles of Windows. 50% off all styles of Windows. Did you not hear that? I don't know if you did. 50% off all styles of Windows. But wait, there's
0: more. Wow.
1: Put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. You didn't even have to have Mr. Radcliffe to know that that's two full years. 866-90Nation, WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Windonation, the perfect fit. Paul Novi Lando, for me, the number one memory is being at the last game of the 82 season against the Brewers as a 12-year-old. They lost, but the atmosphere with the chance to sweep the Brewers, making the playoffs, and it being Earl's last game, or at least what we thought was Earl's last game, Made it special. Also, the '83 World Series Game Five. I dragged my son out of his room yesterday, though, to watch the final inning together. That's cool. That's cool, Paul. Um, Paul's son's a little bit older. I I did that the night that uh, UMBC won. I went back and I woke up my my small child. I guess he would have been three at the time. Maybe not even quite three. I guess he would have been three. And I said, "Boy, <laughs> coming to watch this with dad." My wife is like, "What the f are you doing?" <laughs> Like, I'm going to be able to tell him one day that he was able to watch it. Uh, from Tim, uh, he actually followed up Pauls and said, was there for all those last four games in 82, cried my eyes out on the last one, said to my wife beside me, next year we win it all. Well, look at you. You nailed that call. They did go on to win it all. Um, uh, uh, from M.E. From says that um, in his life in all sports, so this goes beyond just the Orioles, the '83 World Series and the Turps winning the National Championships have always been his number one and two. Being at 21:31 and the final game at Cole Field House put that right up there. But purely from a spectator perspective, being able to watch history unfold in real time yesterday was special. Well, it doesn't really tell me where it's on your list, though. Um, was looking for a little bit more of that today. From uh, Craig, Craig says, I feel like we're going to remember this for a really long time. I also think it helps that it was an afternoon game and people were scrambling to figure out. It's not as if everybody was just sitting at home watching a baseball game. It spread like wildfire. Well, not to Kyle Ottenheimer. It didn't. Wish it didn't, it had. didn't spread to him. Wish it should have. So there's that. I
0: wasn't able I'm, to go to Twitter anytime.
1: I, just, I assume that they'll be re-airing it. Like I haven't oh, seen sure anything. Have. I think they're re-airing it on the radio tonight. I don't know if... um. It's, it's probably going on like, as we speak. I'm sure. I would like to hope so. Yeah. I mean, I would I would like to hope that they would do that, but I don't know. I don't know Yeah, They're gonna re air it on the radio tonight at six o'clock. So if you missed it yesterday, they will re air the game tonight at six. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I assume I I don't know if Masson it'll be
0: replayed at some point through the years.
1: Well, yeah, it'll probably be re- replayed. You know, <laughs> considering the things season, they have replayed, yeah. a bil- replayed, a billion times, I would imagine this will get uh, a lot more replays. I do not know what Masson's plan is, though, for when they might. I would like to think that would be something they would try to announce. It'll be soon, I'm sure. Send out a, uh, uh, a press release about you, if you missed they it. They do more
0: innocuous encores than that, so I'm I th- sure they will probably. I, have well, it.
1: I know they're going to. I just would like to know to be able to share with people sure. when that is. It's not about whether or not they will. It's about. Don't worry, I'm they sure have, they will. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Appreciate it. Really solid <laughs> tipping from you. Dynamite observation. I Just know you were worried about it if they it, will. killing it in that game. <laughs> um, they don't have any baseball at all today. The, the Nationals are on YouTube, so they're not allowed to air it. The Orioles are off. It You'd would seem as though would tonight one of those networks, maybe. would be a really good night yeah. to re-air, maybe at, say, 7 o'clock. Who knows? The no-hitter for anybody that ten, missed it. 10, ten. He's <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't want to say anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing it. You're not getting me to say anything here. I'm trying to check to see what's scheduled for tonight on Madison. Uh currently scheduled oh, I don't know if they can push this though. Uh Fight Sports presents MMA EFC two ninety six. That's a big one. They have Masson two. That's a big one. Uh yeah, but Masson two is showing uh highlights from the uh, Madrid Open. So oh okay, you can't miss that. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm not saying anything else. I'm <laughs> just just leaving it alone. <laughs> leaving it alone from there. All right, when we come back in, uh, Kyle wants to do Tidbit and Tubular early because he's got, I I don't know, a a, a pending case or something like that that he's got to deal with. Uh, So we'll do that. Ben Goliver is going to join us. His book is Bubble Ball. Uh, It's all about uh, how the NBA managed to finish their season a year ago. We will talk to him about that and some other NBA stuff as he covers the NBA for the Washington Post. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
2: This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows
3: when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot. And then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most
2: flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
0: 401- or go to c3america.com for a free
1: analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than
4: 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for
1: your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands, while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866 90 Nation or visit windonation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Nation, the perfect fit.
0: The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
1: Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The Champ Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons.
4: Glenn Clark Radio, twenty-first Century Talk Radio at glencaradio.com.
1: All right, back in here on GCR. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right, because Kyle's got uh, I don't know charges or something. We're going to go ahead and <laughs> that do is a, correct. I don't know what's going on. But you we'll want to know what's do, going on? No, I don't. It's not. It's not. Nobody. Do you not want to know? I don't want to know. No one cares. I've been accused. Yes. Of uh-huh. racketeering. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now I get to learn what racketeering <laughs> is. I'm very excited about that. Tidbit brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. So many tremendous events coming up. Private signings with John Harbaugh, Jonathan Ogden, Anquan Bolden, and more. Baltimore Celeb Fest, one week from this Saturday in Davidsonville, you can meet over 50 professional wrestlers, including the Great Eights stable current pro wrestlers like AEW stars Brian Cage and Lance Archer, the beautiful people, diamante so many more eight superstars pictures and autographs tessa blanchard love her all of them just 200 bucks which if you know anything about these events that's an insane deal go to dot com with the number eight dot com to find out more and to get your tickets and don't forget coming up on june 27th tucker fest with the man himself justin tucker can meet him, get your picture and autograph, plus the Cornhole Tournament, as well as the Dunk Booth, live music throughout the day at Jerry's Toyota, great8smemorabilia.com. Find out more about all these wonderful events.
0: Tidbit of the day. So in the StatCast era, John Means had the second lowest average exit velocity in a single game at 81.9 mm. miles per hour off the bat, behind only Justin Verlander, an expected batting average of 106. Well, that's that's not too shabby. Means three first pitch strike on 96.3 of his at bats yesterday. That's the most, you know, in a complete game since 1990. That's better than James Shields, better than Clayton Kershaw, better than CC Sabathia, better than John Smiley, all of whom were 90 or above. But means stands alone. At 96.3. His 99 game score tied Mike Flanagan for the second best since the team moved to Baltimore. Eclipsed only by a 111 from Jerry Walker in ah. 1959 when he threw 16 shutout Jer, innings. we
1: call him. 16 shutout innings. That's yes. ah, okay.
0: His 137 ERA in what seven starts. What do you think his starts. pitch count was that day? I don't know. Is the lowest by an Orioles pitcher through the first seven starts of a season since the same year, 1959, when Hoyt Wilhelm, quite the rotation for the Orioles. Who once threw a no hitter as well, had a 105 mark.
1: 59 yes you think you think you can name anybody else that was in the rotation no 59 okay well i could yes who jerry walker oh, um okay. <laughs> fair thank you uh right.
0: only one pitcher since 2000 has faced at least 25 batters in a game and had a higher first pitch strike percentage than oh. john means i'm I, not
1: gonna make you guess I, brad I know radke. i did know that brad radke you know how many runs he gave up that day uh 17 i don't know he gave up eight runs he threw brad radke Faced 28 batters through 27 first pitch strikes um, in 2004, and he gave up eight runs. John Means
0: avoided the middle of the plate. So, ten strikeouts for John Means. Excuse me, nine strikeouts for John Means on his four-seam fastball. Mm -hmm. Ties Chris (laughs) Tillman for the second most Uh by an Orioles pitcher since 2008 when this... Pitch tracking technology uh-huh. Which pitcher struck out more hitters on a fastball for the Orioles than John Means' nine <laughs> yesterday? How
1: am I supposed to know that? Is he, what year did you say it was coming? 2008. Po- so I, it's, not, it's not Daniel Cabrera, is it? <laughs> no, he just missed.
0: Had <sighs> to um. have at least 10 strikeouts in one game on his fastball.
1: At least ten strikeouts in one game, specifically on his fastball, since two thousand eight. Yuck. Um. All right. Well, how about? Uh. I, I I have no idea. I have no bloody clue. I have no. Cl- I How about um, Joe Saunders? No. You that I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember who had... I wouldn't have been his fastball either. I don't remember who had Who had 10 strikeout. 10 strikeout games don't just register all that much with me. It was also Chris Tillman. No, but it was a teammate of Chris Tillman's. Okay. It was... It was a teammate of Chris Tillman's. It was a teammate of Chris Tillman's. You want to give me a year? No. Cool. Cool. It was uh, Wei in Chen. That it was. Oh, okay. All right. 2012, he did it. All right. How about that? How about that? All right. Tidbit also brought to you today by uh, KS Automotive right here in Hamden for over 40 years. KS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they've got you covered at KNS. Give them a call right now. Go to knsimports.com. It's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. Quickly, tubular. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for a free analysis. As I mentioned, no baseball. Uh, You can, as I said, listen to uh, John Means No-Hitter again tonight, 6 o'clock on the fan. College lacrosse, Big Ten tournament, Maryland, Michigan, 5 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Hopkins, Rutgers at 7.30. UMBC in the semifinals of the America East against Albany, 1 o'clock, AmericaEast.tv. CBS Sports Network's got the big 10, big sorry, the Big East tournament, but nobody local in there. YouTube, Braves Nationals at 4. MLB Network, Astros Yankees at 1. Blue Jays Athletics at 4. Diamondbacks Marlins 630. Rays Angels 930. NBC Sports Washington, Wiz Raptors, 730. TNT Nets Mavs 730. Lakers Clippers at 10. NBC Rangers Bruins at 7. Golf Channel, round one of the PGA Wells Fargo Championship. WWE Network for NXT UK at three. Axis for Impact Wrestling at eight. You have one or two non-sports things you can mention.
0: Young Sheldon, baby. Mm, thank no. you. I mean, nothing crazy going on. Last Man Standing, if anyone actually watches that. Is, uh, is the Moody's? Uh, it's not.
1: I'm Fox nervous has, that that already got
0: canceled. Fox has Last Man Standing at nine, and let's be real. Like yeah, I'm a little bit
1: nervous that the Moody's didn't last very long. Yeah, so. And got, uh, got the old axe. Everything else, check
0: it out at Glenn Clark Radio. All
1: right, can. go to glennclarkradio.com and find those there. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Glory Days Grill, where they're celebrating their 25th anniversary with a great menu at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. That menu includes the zucchini fries as well as the smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with the ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and so much more. At your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Is this a is this a Zoom thing? Am I in my underpants? Uh it's not. I believe you was supposed to call us. You sure? Yeah. All right. Well, you want to double check on that? I will. Please. All right, very good. Uh we're gonna wrap up the show today talking a little hoops with Ben Golliver from the Washington Post. A uh, couple other things that came in. I, obviously, we've been talking about John. For good reason, we've just been talking about John Means today. Uh, Dan wanted to know what my thoughts were on the Capitals-Rangers situation. Dan, I have no thoughts on the Capitals-Rangers situation. I, I mean, I, I I, don't... I'm not a Capitals fan. I I'm just I don't have any association with Washington. I'm sorry. I know some of you guys are, and I'm not... This is not me saying it's shameful. I just... You know, it's not my thing. I'm aware of... The Tom. I'm certainly aware of Tom Wilson's reputation. I'm aware of the Rangers uh, getting very angry about something that happened the other day. I am aware of a lot of things, but I don't have an opinion on any of it. I think that sometimes hockey goes out of its way to embarrass itself. It's a really, I like hockey, but it's a really weird sport. And like when we talk about unwritten rules in baseball, we don't like to acknowledge there are unwritten rules about fighting in hockey that are just kind of silly i i guess if you're a hardcore hockey fan maybe you took some joy in watching the guys drop the gloves right off the the start of the game last night I, i gotta be honest with you and i i like hockey i'm a big coyotes fan everybody knows that i i didn't think that was all that cool i thought it was just stupid and silly i thought it just all come off came off as a go try to win a hockey game you can say everything you want about. It. I'm going to protect my guy, and if you're not going to spend, it, just go try to win a hockey game. I, I I just so don't get caught up in all of this other stuff. I I don't know, man. I don't know if Tom Wilson should have been suspended. I have no idea. I get it. He's 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 been involved in a few things over the years, so I yeah. It just does just does very little for me. It all of it, all of it does very little for me. It it it. It's like gross isn't the word because it's not it's not gross it's, it's silly n- it's nothing it's, it's silly. just silly it's, but it's all it
0: is you know if you're drunk is entertaining sure
1: i i don't know maybe i, I it, ugh, all of it all of it does so little part of me man. likes
0: to an extent i don't know that it's allowed sometimes but it is silly like it is silly like it's guess, so Contrary to look, everything else that happens in sports kind of childish. thing. It just looks
1: childish. Like that's what it it just looks like a bunch of babies that are out there like It's also just mostly people pulling it, shirts over people's heads. And it's not even really fighting. Right. It's hockey fighting, which is this different thing. Um even on the the NBCSN broadcast last night, one of the Rangers had the guy from the Capitals on the ground and wasn't even like punching him. Right. The point is not really about the fight as much as it's about like I'm a I'm more of a man than you are. Like it's just so sad. I, it's it's one of the least appealing parts about hockey to me is like the the fight culture, like come on man, like just just go play the game, play the sport. It's, this they thing will. The where, second unit will. Thank you. This thing where we gotta like act like we're all our grandfathers and this is how men solve their problems. Get the f out of here, dude. Like what what world are we living in? Honestly, what world are we living in? We we we. I would like to think that we've evolved somehow and that we would be able to say this is just silly. Jesus, it was so... I I, I just didn't know who could possibly enjoy it. I mean, like, if you're a Rangers fan, you're like, yeah, you know, it. we told you, we came out, but well, then you got your ass kicked. Do you feel good? Did you walk out of that like, yeah, well, but we we got to... Def-. Like, come on, it's embarrassing. It's even embarrassing, as somebody might say if they were in... um. Oh, God. I've already forgot. Let Letter Kenny. Jesus. My brain. But they would probably endorse it. Yeah, I'm, I guess. They do like to fight yeah. Letter Kenny. That's <laughs> a good point. They like to fight a lot in Letter Kenny. So there's that. Are we just assuming this isn't happening at I this mean, point? I mean, at a certain if point, it's just that, not, right? Like, weird? Yeah, I mean, it's a cer- well, if we get 12 o'clock, it's not yeah. happening. Like, there is no doubt that it's not I've happening.
0: I've yet to hear. Oh, uh, wait. There's yes. a text. Yes.
1: Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, it is not happening. Okay. Well, then... It's not happening. It's what it is. We'll talk about... It's okay. We had other things that we needed to do today. We will talk about basketball some other day. It is not happening. Um, sorry. Sorry. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think anybody was necessarily right. tuning, tuning in today in looking for our, yeah. our interview about the bubble ball book, but if you were, I don't know, maybe some other day. Maybe some other day we'll have that conversation. Um, uh, I did get a question about Alejandro Villanueva. I, we didn't talk about Alejandro Villanueva's Press comments. conference and they're his comments very about
0: close friends. He and Juju. Yeah, they're apparently like they was one of his best friends. At the
1: maybe game. I like I I saw this message from Rita last night where she was like, um, "What is that? You know, like what what are you doing?" And a lot so of people were reading into it, maybe as a shot when it was really just supposed to be ball busting. Yeah. And I I don't know. I don't I don't if I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't personally care if. If there was more there, like if it was more personal, then yeah, I would probably say that's not necessary. And as much as none of us like the Steelers, I don't know why you feel the need to to go there. Like Villanueva just,
0: literally was the one apparently who taught Juju Smith Schuster how to drive.
1: I mean, that's that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know that it's much. But I mean, like it just—I I,
0: I tend to think that this is kind of being misconstrued based on just reading the tea leaves here and it would just be kind of silly if for he were actually doing this in a spiteful manner.
1: I and I'd like to I'd like to hope that's not what it is. I'd like to hope that it was just a a silly thing between two guys that know each other well and like each other and and so because of that I'm 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 kinda willing to just say, okay, you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm
0: gonna kinda give the benefit of the doubt in that sense. Yeah, I think so. If there had th- been like Stories in the past about Villanueva being upset about Juju Smith-Schuster's TikToks and brushing against however it was he conducted himself on the team in the locker room and all that, then this would maybe be more newsworthy in a sense. But even still, it would only be kind of like outside news. Yeah, the,
1: the guys that, that that played with him seemed to downplay it and suggest that it wasn't much of a story. So I'm I'm not... I'm not worked up about it. I still have no idea how Alejandro Villanueva fits with the Ravens, and I'm way more concerned about that part of this than anything else. I am far more concerned about the football side of things for Alejandro Villanueva, and we will see how that goes. But no, I didn't really have much in the way of a response to it. But if if there was anything legit about it, then sure, that's... That's not cool. That's not all right. I am not in favor of that. Well, it's just not. First other of all, it's other not, than. It's not
0: even that harmful thing to say, right? It's just unnecessary if and, it was actually. And that's the point. Like, right.
1: you, you weren't asked a question. Right. If you went out of your way to try to take a shot at somebody, but specifically because of that. It's what I said before. I, I don't. I'm not here to defend. I'm, Juju Smith-Schuster didn't need to go dance on people's 50-yard lines in order to build his brand. But there is nothing wrong with the fact that this. 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 I, this goes. This is a comparison to the hockey stuff. This man baby stuff that we do, where we're like, oh, this, this is. We gotta, we gotta defend our honor. For the f' sake, who cares? Who cares? Go win a football game cares about any of this other stuff
0: but that doesn't mean he's still not opening himself up to the criticism right like by doing it it's inevitable that he's going to receive that side of it that's, also whether right fine, or wrong
1: but I, it's wrong that's the point it is wrong it's not whether right
0: or wrong but it's i'm all not wrong. saying justifying it i'm it, saying it's but it, that's. but, it, but it d- inevitably... he doesn't he
1: doesn't need to do it either this notion that it's like this uh, this holier than that like he has to go dance on on midfield in order to build up his brand no you can well of course not who was there anybody that maybe i'm wrong did anybody know more about Juju Smith Schuster because it was specifically happening at midfield? Like if Juju smith Juju Smith Juju Smithster? If Juju Smith Schuster had gone and danced. Maybe
0: only in the sense that the media might have picked it up more. In the sense that it's viewed as more of a sign of disrespect I, because of these But I don't know if that helped his brand. But I'm necessarily. not saying Well, any pub is a good pub, right? If you're in being that, if you're running world across the In the Sports world where Center, nothing right? matters, in the world right.
1: where people hating you is as good as people loving you like what, whatever that is sure but I'm not
0: like, I'm not sure if he would have been involved on the Super Bowl commercial with like Samuel yeah, L. I disagree.
1: I think if he just was the guy that danced and made TikTok videos wherever he did them he would have the I mean, same look, he's, attention he's, he he's very Twitch and all he's that. very like, popular he's, on social media platforms sure. I don't think it was specifically about the 50 yard line that made that i can't say, the case. I can't say I if it was a, i think that a got i think that made gain for him or i, a, I think a that played writer. with old white guys i don't think that played with the the people that we're talking about the people Maybe. that we're talking about i think we're very aware it may have of made him a more household
0: name for the wrong reasons arguably but whether yeah. or not you know i hear you i don't know
1: i i, I don't know about any of that so yeah that's that I'd, that's, i that's that we've covered it and we've talked about it all right well this was awkward um this is the the way things go sometimes though it's the nature of the nature of the beast if you will as now we want to talk to Caroline Means Oh I would love to talk to Caroline Means is she available
0: She's available right now
1: Sure I'd love to talk to Caroline I love I do love Caroline Means I've told a story about Caroline Means a few times All right well we'll do that before we wrap up the show That's even You know what that's even better Hey, if you um, missed last night, Stan the Fan and Gary Stein caught up. Um, in- in- interesting, we're doing a-, a wives thing in the last 24 hours. They caught up with Lacey DaCosta. Of course, you know, her husband has a role with the Baltimore Ravens. And they talked about what it's like during draft weekend. It's a really fun show. You can find it right now Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or at PressBoxOnline.com. And if you missed Rick Dempsey Monday night with uh, Stan and Ross, you can find that in those same locations as well. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. And they talk baseball every Monday night. And then Stan and Gary talking with a Newsmaker every Wednesday night as well. Well, as we wind down for the day, I, I have told a story before about our next guest that once upon a time I needed a fill-in analyst for a Loyola soccer game. And I called my buddy William Vanzella from the Blast and he said, well, I've got someone for you. Uh, her name's Caroline, and, and she'll do the game with you, and she'll be great. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, look at... The pro pro goalie. She's this. I, I didn't know her, but I was very impressed by her resume. We do the game. We had a great time. And afterwards, I said, "Caroline, why are you in Baltimore?" And she said, "Well, I, you know, my my, uh, and I think it was fiance at the time. My fiance pitches in the Orioles organization." And I was like, "Oh, really? What's his name?" And she said, "His name's John Means." And at the time, my response was, "Oh, I've heard of him." <laughs> All these years later, look at where we are. Joining us now is our friend Caroline Means. She's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Caroline, it's so great to chat with you again. Thank you for taking a minute for us after what I can only imagine has been a wild 24 hours in your life.
4: It sure has been a wild 24 hours. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Um, what I was fascinated by was the, the the lack of control. Like, Obviously, John controls what happens in a game. You don't. Can, can you take mm-hmm. me through, as an athlete yourself, someone who's been in control of so many situations, what it was like watching yesterday and how you held up over the course of nine innings.
4: Yeah, well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of since I've been in, you know, not that situation for sure, but high stress situations in athletics, I, I really don't get nervous watching John. Okay. But And I'm not, too, I'm not really superstitious, but a little stitious? baseball players, You know, just a little suspicious. Just being in baseball, you kind of pick up on little things. One of my main things is I just don't check my phone when he's pitching. And so, you know, I wasn't watching. McCoy was asleep. And in the bottom of the fifth, I checked my phone just because it kept buzzing. Wow. And I was like, okay, my phone is, like, really, like, is something going on? And I looked, and the first message was just the eyeball emojis. And I looked back at the screen and saw the zeros, and it hit me, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And from the bottom of the fifth on, my heart was pounding, my hands were shaking, and I, I was just, like, so excited at the just possibility that that could potentially happen.
1: Did Now, could you talk to people? Like, were you texting back, or did you have to at that point, like, say, I'm, I'm shutting off all forms of communication. <laughs> it's just me and the TV at this point.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't usually talk to anybody during starts except my mom and John's mom. And so I uh, my mom wasn't texting me, and so that's when I knew – for sure something was going on um, and I just kept my phone on do not disturb and just watched I didn't talk to anybody
1: (laughs) Um, when it when it when you get to the ninth inning right like are you standing are you are how how cool are you at that point or are you really losing your mind once we get to that point
4: (laughs) I so it's funny because I thought about like should I pull out my phone and start filming or should I just stay put you know I'm not Like I said, I'm not superstitious where I think if I, like, move a muscle, I'm going to ruin it. However, yesterday in the bottom of the ninth, I had to pee so bad. And I was like, (laughs) I refuse to move from this spot. I'm not going to move a muscle. I'm going to watch. And after the second out, I think I just blacked out. And then, (laughs) you know, Urias caught the third out. And I just started screaming and jumping up and down. And I was just so excited for him and it was
1: awesome to watch oh my gosh caroline means is with us here on glenn clark radio now you mentioned mccoy so mm-hmm. like was was it a you know obviously he's not old enough that he's ever going to remember anything like this mm-hmm. but was there a party that's like i need to make sure he's at least looking at the tv so that one day we can say he saw his dad throw a no-hitter like was there any of that going on definitely
4: especially when you just You have an understanding that sports don't last forever, and these memories you want to make them while you can. And he was awake during the first inning, but I went and got him after the game and just, you know, filmed a cute video saying, "Your dad had a no-hitter," and you know he's just obviously (laughs) sitting at the mouth, just staring at me like, "Okay." But uh, so I did have him, you know, watching the TV to watch all the post-game interviews and. He he loves watching baseball. He's just watched stares at the TV. Not sure he knows what's going on, but um, so he did watch all the post game pressers, and he was there. So it was it was pretty cool, and it'll be fun to watch him or show him one day. That's
1: awesome. That's really awesome, Caroline. I, you know, so much of of yesterday was you know the game itself, but a celebration of John and and what your family has been through over the course of the last year. And you guys were so open and talking about it with Dan Connolly from the Athletic a while back. Um, you know, you going through a miscarriage, John losing his father. Can, can, you, can you explain in the context of that how much more, not just yesterday, but the entire season has meant to you guys?
4: I think that it just almost allows you to have this laid-back attitude towards baseball. I, I was talking to Evan Phillips' wife, Liz, and this was, I think, actually last year, and... I I told her I've just realized baseball is the easy part of life and it's the part that should be taken the least seriously. It's yes, it is our career. It's his career. And we were extremely thankful for it, but it just gives you this new appreciation to really see it as a game and enjoy it because how exciting and what a fun opportunity to just play a game for a living and get to do this. And so I think in, in that, Um, context it just gives us this exciting appreciation for it to not take it too seriously or let it stress you out because there are a lot more difficult things that people are dealing with and we want to you know show how grateful we are for the Orioles for this opportunity and it was just a really cool moment and I I just there's not a whole lot of words so we just are really excited and enjoying it and just having a great time watching
1: these orioles i mean it's been a lot of fun and and it's been a lot of fun watching him pitch it's unreal i mean like now okay so you say you're not superstitious but when he's when -hmm. he when he's been pitching this well does anything change do you have to get more superstitious like the day of the next start does he have to eat something like can can how do you not mess with this juju that you got going right now
4: (laughs) i think that i slowly broke that down over the last six years okay (laughs) i think that i like did not have any superstitions when i played yeah and when we started dating i realized that baseball is one of the most just routine superstitious sports ever and you know you hear wild stories of guys like full showering in their full uniform and cleats (laughs) washing off the bad juju or burning their gloves and all kinds of crazy stuff and I just tell him, you know, I'm, nothing is good luck, nothing is bad luck. You know, you have prepared, and that's something that his mom and I have really had to work on because she wouldn't even watch him play. And I had to keep telling her, you're not good luck and you're not bad luck. You know, just watch the game and enjoy it. So I think that we like to keep that attitude of nothing impacts you inside the lines and, you're, you know, you are controlling what you can control, and that's all you can do. um so that's kind of i think well how we'll go from now
1: on we can confirm i saw a lot of people using the word no hitter yesterday before it was over it didn't ruin it it didn't ruin it it had (laughs) nothing to do with the outcome of the game and you really as an you never when you were playing you never had anything that that was superstitious for you at all that like you know i Uh,
4: honestly i i would have a i would have a Red Bull and a sleeve of Mentos okay. for every game, but that was that was about but, as superstitious as it got. But that's kind
1: of superstitiony, like that's kind yeah, of yeah, it is. Isn't that like You're a right. scientific it's, it's reaction? It's definitely
4: a Coca. it's definitely a routine. I think that you know, with John, he has to think less about it because the buildup of the day of being a starter just, especially yeah. for someone who literally hates attention It's kind of his worst nightmare so he tries to keep it as laid back as possible that's why you saw him talking in the dugout during the game he didn't want anybody to like ignore him yep. or he's trying to stay loose so uh, i think it's a pretty good way to go about what, it
1: what did you know we always talk about how emotionless he is right what did it mean to you to <laughs> see that after the game and like a release for a change that that he was he was able to truly enjoy what this was all about it's-
4: That was probably the biggest thing for me, was seeing that smile just as big and bright as it was. You know, because it's been difficult to see that smile over the last two years, and he's had a ton of pressure on him and also a lot of grief. And so I think that was the most fun for me, was to see all of the guys celebrating together, and they were all smiling. And Hyde said it best, you know, this team hasn't had a ton to celebrate, but they celebrate each other so well on and off the field with milestones with their families, obviously things such as trade beating cancer. Like this group of guys has really rallied behind each other and they're just so fun to watch when, you know, win or lose. And so that was probably the best thing was just seeing all of them so happy and excited and having a good time all right mccoy's
1: telling us it's time uh for us to let I you know. go so i i guess let me leave with this i would say did you guys end up getting any sleep last night but i guess because you're your new parents you don't get any sleep any other night anyway right so you know
4: what's funny is this he sleeps in he slept in actually later than we did today john is i think john's asleep right now he's running on no sleep oh, at no all doubt. i think probably just quite a bit of maybe tequila but uh (laughs) so he's trying to rest up right now and uh McCoy is keeping me awake but I guess that's yeah we are gonna rest up and relax today (laughs) it it was
1: Cinco de Mayo so that's fitting that he was able to enjoy a little bit hey Caroline we're so happy for you guys what a moment this was for for everybody And and I hope you know it meant so much more to Orioles fans because it was John and knowing your guys' story and everything that you've been through, um, it, it just meant that much more to see it play out that way. It's at Caroline Stan on uh, Twitter, is how you follow her. Caroline, always appreciate taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks for doing this this morning.
4: Absolutely, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate it. Go, out.
1: Caroline Stanley joining us here. Caroline Means, that is, sorry. The former Caroline Stanley. I was looking at Caroline Stan. Caroline Means, that is. That's a neat way to wrap up today's show. <laughs> Just still sleeping, fueled off tequila. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. You've earned it. You've earned another day of tequila and sleep if you'd so like it, man. You've earned an entire weekend of it. You don't need to pitch again until next week. All right, great stuff today. If you missed any of it, celebrating uh John Means, no hitter. Uh Caroline Means, as well as Randy Maisie, the baseball coach at West Virginia, Jim Palmer. Ben McDonald will get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, Victor DiMuchesi. Uh, Baltimore Zone, uh, drafted by the Cardinals, is going to join us tomorrow.
0: I believe Edward James Olmos.
1: What? <laughs> Say that again. Edward James Olmos. Wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> that The actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is Edward James Olmos joining He's us? He's in a movie. <laughs> Why? He's been in a few movies over the years. Walking with Herb. So it's a, a it's, movie. it's a golf related movie. Did I see that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to Edward James Almost tomorrow. Stuff and click. There's an icon, man. I it, it I I don't know. I we'll look forward to that. Look <laughs> forward to that. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including uh, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great 8's Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Uh, go uh, UMBC lacrosse. Go Maryland lacrosse. Go Hopkins lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.